Welcome everyone to Comics from the Multiverse episode 285. I am Peter and joining me today on a Sunday, which feels disgusting, honestly. Uh, Matt is here. Hey, Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. <laughs> Connor's here too. Yeah, I'll be honest, I couldn't have told you it was a Sunday if my life depended on it. I don't know, I just... What, what are days anymore? Surprise, it does! <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. It's just, it's, just, it's just Christmas fell on a Saturday, which is normal recording day. I, I don't know, have we ever done a Sunday before? I, I don't feel like we have. I don't remember anyone. We've always tried to get them in early Friday, to the late. Sure. Yeah, but we've done Fridays and obviously in like one or two rare cases where we've done like a Thursday or a Wednesday, but like... Sunday? It's weird. But yes, this is your slightly post-Christmas edition. Although all the books are pre-Christmas because obviously they come out on Tuesday. And we're going to get into uh, our slate of DC Comics for the week. It is a DC Comics podcast. Coming up on the show, we have Nightwing 87, Justice League Incarnate Issue 2, Batman One Dark Knight Issue 1, Catwoman 38, Catwoman Lonely City Issue 2, Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow Issue 6, Batman Catwoman Issue 9, and Refrigerator Full of Heads Issue 3. So that's what's coming up. Uh, book-wise. Uh, not a lot of Christmas about the books, although uh, Batman Catwoman actually kind of is, but to be fair, that entire series has been set at Christmas, so that doesn't yeah. really... Each, each issue is a, a Christmas song title. Yes. Uh, it doesn't really feel that noble to mention it, so... I'm, I'm very glad I didn't try it anymore now. Uh, you know. Oh yeah, Mr. Grinch over oh, here. Oh, I hate the sound of that. Christmas uh, all year. Oh, God. The, the number of ways that you're terrible just keeps getting bigger, Connor. Yeah. But this has been, like, terrible for a while. This isn't, like, a new terrible. I know. <sighs> I think that goes for a lot of what Connor is. It's not, none of it's new terrible. It's just the old, ugly terribles just rear their head. Just mm-hmm. once in a while, you're like, hmm. Well, it's like I forget that he doesn't like Christmas. And, you know... And then on top of it, just yeah, Christmas, That's Back it. to the Future, which I watched yesterday on Christmas. Um, so that just probably melted Connor's brain. Somewhere he was like, "I'm annoyed," but I don't know why. <laughs> that explains a lot about yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear, yeah. So, but a fair bit, uh, fair bit of uh, comics to talk about this week. Um, and we are planning our usual annual episode, but I don't know when we're recording it exactly quite yet. We're going to talk about that uh, after we're done today, but uh, uh, that will be coming up, talking about the best comics of the year for 2021. I had to think about that there, because we're going to 2022. Uh, yes, uh, but we had to do it after this week, because these books this week all count as 2021. So, technically, there's still some books left to talk about before we can do our best of the year stuff. Still got yeah this week coming as well, haven't we? That's true. Technically, yes. The annual has to be after the next regular episode. That's, that's on th- Those books come out on the 28th. So that's those true. definitely count. That's true. Admittedly, though, if the perfect time happens to be before that episode, I don't think we would push it just for that reason. I think we'd just accept that one week's getting sacrificed. That'd be my, my thoughts. <laughs> we, should, we should probably sacrifice? check what books are coming out that week first. Possible? What do you see at the end? Is it, we always do it at the end. Obviously, I meant at the end. I didn't mean like guy your way and do it right now. I just meant in general. Yeah, we got we got comic soldier top tens to do right now, baby. Is it Batman? <laughs> <laughs> X Men. 
Oh dear. I suppose I'll give it to Matt technically. X-Men Trial of Magneto issue 5 yeah. uh, is yeah. number one. Uh, and keep in mind, this we're recording this on Sunday. It's not that much of a difference compared to normal, but it's one day later, just in case that affects the, the outcome here. Uh, but yeah, Trial of Magneto is number one. Number two is a DC book, though. Is it Batman? No, it's better than Batman. Nightwing. Nightwing is number two. Issue 87. Delightful to see. Uh, more on that later, obviously. Uh, we got Star Wars Darth Vader, issue 19 at number three. And then Amazing Spider-Man 82 at number four. Number five is Sword, issue 11. And then number six is Batman Catwoman, issue nine. So that's still doing fairly well uh, when it comes out. Uh, number seven is Avengers 51. Number eight is Wolverine, issue 19. And number nine is Batman One Dark Nights, which is pretty good you know, for like a $7 book. That's uh, not too shabby. Uh, and then number 10 is Moon Knight, issue six. So definitely more Marvel-leaning uh, this week. Mm-hmm. We, got, we had three DC books in the top 10. There are um, less DC books overall this week, I'd say. And also the ones, mm-hmm. some of them are pricier. Yeah, yeah, they're the more prestige books, which obviously are well-loved and get a lot of critical response, but aren't necessarily big movers in terms of... Not- I mean, they'll be big movers when they get a trade. Like, that's a different game. And also, but... they only need to sell half the amount to still make twice the amount of money. Or the same amount of money. Same amount of money, yeah. Your math was... Yeah. I-, I couldn't decide which one I was going with. So, <laughs> so Somehow they were doing double of what they should have been doing yes there clearly it was either going to be half the amount for the same amount of money or the same amount for twice the amount of money and my brain decided it was going to say both negating both and sounding like an idiot in the process yes yeah your brain said yes pretty much (laughs) oh dear um Yes, so that's basically it. Just this is League Incarnate, which is a couple of spots outside the top ten. So that's still doing okay. Right after that, Supergirl Luna tomorrow. So those are both still quite high up. Uh, basically, after that, you start getting to a lot of the things that are on sale because all the all the holiday sales are still ongoing. Um, there's a lot of Marvel Masterworks right around because all the volume ones are all dollar, uh, and then all the mm-hmm. volumes after volume one, but barring ones that came out in the last like six months, are all like two dollars each. So if you want to go yeah. get some classic Marvel, there's like tons of it just for I'd say dirt cheap. Uh, that means Catwoman Lonely City is probably quite far down but given the amount of things on sale for a very cheap price it doesn't necessarily yeah. mean it's doing that bad uh, it's number 24 it's the very last thing in page 1 the, the, okay. the sales so yeah. it's not terrible yeah so it's behind a lot of Masterworks volume 1s but it's not behind any volume 2s or onwards so that's good mm. <laughs> only the $1 books uh, managed to beat but it again that's an expensive book and it is, yeah, it's another $7, $8, whatever it works out as. I'm used to the UK prices, so I don't, <laughs> I don't know exactly, but at glance. Yeah. Uh, so, cool, there you go, that's Comic Soldier Top 10. Uh, not much to it this week, uh, but comics still doing well, despite it being Christmas, uh, unsurprisingly. Uh, I didn't find any news, uh, but Connor claims he saw a delay. Yeah, uh, the... Um... I mean, there's a few handful of things that were delayed from like last week to like the next week or whatever. I'm not going to bother with those. But the the funnier one is the Justice League Annual 2021 has been delayed into 2022. <laughs> um, it was supposed to come out on like the 14th, got pushed to the 28th of this month, and then the, it's now like the 2nd of February, I think. Um, 
Bendis did confirm they are renaming it to the Justice League Annual 2022, which means you won't get another annual for Justice League next year now. I mean, releasing an annual in December with their new naming system is always going to be risky now, because if it does get pushed, it's a very good chance it will push into the next year. Yeah, so I think, I, I don't know if it's Bendis or if it's printer issues, that, that book's been running behind a while. Uh, there's been mm-hmm. a handful of delays. It's why the uh, Justice League Dark annual that Matt read that was very confused about is it took place <laughs> essentially <laughs> after, after like another two issues worth of Justice League because Justice League was running behind and they hadn't published those issues yet is the reason why. Yeah, we got I don't a, know why they didn't delay the annual. But... We got we got a comment explaining that because Matt was I mean I wasn't yeah. paying attention to Matt when he was confused, but there was a comment saying Matt's very confused because he probably didn't notice the small caption that said this takes place before or after most, issue most whatever. Yeah. yeah, so oh well, there you go. That that whole annual is not uh, surprising. Uh, it's Christmas time; they don't tend to release big news uh, over that period for no, obvious just... reasons. Again, it was just stuff in like Ben's news, which I didn't read. I just know because it was had news in, so it was shared. The reason he's stepping away from Justice League and maybe some other stuff is because he's writing a Legion of Superhero show, an animated mm-hmm. show for HBO Max, which will be an adaptation of his own Legion run. So. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's fine. I, I won't have to watch it. Yeah, so it'll be fine. Okay, well. I wouldn't have watched it anyway, I don't think. I, uh, I mean, I'm not against trying more Legion stuff, uh, but, but Bendis yeah, Legion sure. stuff, I mean, pff, uh, yeah, I think I'm I'm good. You've learned your lesson. Yeah. P- pretty much, pretty much. Uh, rough times, rough times. Uh, did everyone have a nice Christmas? I suppose it was just yeah. a bit of small talk before we get into the books. Um, yeah. And a very unusual Connor? Christmas, because I didn't have a Christmas dinner for the first time in my life, because I couldn't cook one. <laughs> so I had to do the do the weird thing of ordering a takeout, uh, and so it was rather unChristmassy. Yeah, we but, yeah. we thought we thought we'd eat Chinese food for the first time ever, and all the Chinese places that we wanted were closed. Uh, so. Which is great. Spend time with your families, you know. But I, I had to make dinner instead. <laughs> yeah, we we went across the street to this uh, like Turkish Greek place. That you know, I mean, it's literally the closest to, you know takeaway place to us. Like a, a, a two minute walk, if that. Pita's yeah. for for dinner, huh? Yeah, I had some like spicy lamb wrap thing. It was nice. Don't get me wrong. I, I enjoyed it. Just. It wasn't a traditional Christmas dinner, which was a bit weird. I haven't ordered yeah. takeout for Christmas for a while. Actually, although, it, t- it usually is like Indian or something with like that, because those are the places that tend to be open on Christmas. Yeah. Uh, but bizarrely, my regular Italian place was open, so I actually got Italian food. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I guess it's spaghetti. Some, uh, and some whatever. It was, it was, it was delightful. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, quite enough Christmas. I don't really have anything comic related to share, other than that I signed up for Marvel Unlimited. So. You feeling okay? I just, I feel like, I, do you know what, Matt? I, I basically went all of the year, almost, without reading anything that wasn't DC for the show. Mm-hmm. So I just, I had an itch to read some other comics. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, I, got, I got a couple of comic trades. I shared them on Twitter. Nothing DC related. 
I did get. Hang on. They're in this. Uh-oh. They're in this box here. It's, it's a box, oh dear. But that's not what's in it. It is basically at, at, at work. We had um, a series of little DC toys. <laughs> oh. So, uh, I have a complete set of them as my joke present from Page. Oh, that that's pretty good though. Yeah, they, they will go up at some point. Are they, are they ornaments or are they just plushies? No, they're little like soft plushies. Okay. But I mean, they have like tag like hooks on, yeah. so you could hang them. Right. right. Not that I need to hang them on; they'll just sit somewhere. <laughs> but yeah, that that was my DC related gift. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> yeah, it's very exciting. <laughs> yeah. We always do a joke present, like to do on Christmas Eve. Uh, so that, that was that. I'm pretty sure every year you are her joke present. Yes, I know. I've, I've heard it before. <laughs> Joe, I've never said that joke to him, so it says a lot that someone she, else has been cracking that joke. She just wakes up on Christmas morning and goes, oh, Drad, he's still here. <laughs> pretty much. Joke's on me again. Yeah, that sounds about right. Ah, okay, cool. This weird rebellion phase of my life where I'm pretending that I'm going to spend my life with this ginger guy. <laughs> like, it's, it's starting to go on a bit long. <laughs> Maybe I should actually start to, like, think about the future. <laughs> a very long phase. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, <laughs> all right, yeah, let's talk about comics. Yeah. Let's talk about comics. We will start off with Nightwing, issue 87, Tom Taylor writing with Bruno Redondo on the art. And this is the fabled issue that has been teased for some time where the entire thing is one continuous image that if you did take all the pages out and laid them all side by side, you would form one long, very wide image. Guys, don't do that because you'll forget that the front and back yes. and it won't work. Yes. You would need, you would need two copies. They have four, two copies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I might have to restaple mine together. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, and then my, my shop did one of, like, obviously their shop, they have loads of copies, so they could just lay them all out next yeah. to each other so you could see it. That's pretty uh, cool. Yeah, just open them all, yeah, and just... <laughs> yeah. They, they, they didn't need to destroy. So, uh, I read mine physically. I think Pete read his digital? digitally. Yes. How'd that work out? Because there's no front and back for digital. So... I'm I'm sure it was almost like a motion comic. Yeah, it, well, it's it's funny because obviously the first and last page are single pages, and mm-hmm. the rest are all two-page layouts or spreads, depending on mm-hmm. uh, yeah. preference of choice. Um, so digitally, like it was very clear when it ended because it was a single page again. Like it was a it was a good bookend yeah. <laughs> to the to the thing to That's make it cool. clear that this is the final page. I imagine it was pretty easy to read because it was there's no rotating back and forth. No, yeah, it was fairly easy to do, and I think, and obviously, as much as it's one continuous image, it's they still design knowing that you're going to be reading it two at a time because it's that's just how a book works, right? Right. No one's actually unfolding a big, huge thing, and like, I mean, even if you could, like, the amount of space you would need to have like twenty-two pages of comic going left to right. Yeah, no, it's definitely designed with the normal page layout in mind. as much as the gimmick is there, and the gimmick's cool, don't get me wrong, not, yeah. not knocking it, but there, there are points where the, the the text goes top to bottom still on those pages, and then it'll mm-hmm. reset on the next page, because it knows you're still going, you're trained to look at the top of the next page, you're yeah. not still down at the bottom, your eyes don't just move from where they were, they'll reset, whereas mm-hmm. obviously if it was one continuous scrolling image, 
you could just leave it at the bottom and carry on from there and work your way back up. It doesn't do that. Yeah, much. do you know what this felt like to me? This felt like to me like when you're watching a movie and you've got like one really impressive scene that's going to do it in all in one hour. And that's what this mm-hmm. comic effectively was. It was we're going to tell this really simple story of those bad guys breaking into Dick's place and they're going to kidnap Haley or bait wing as I prefer. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's him sort of rushing home to get there and then rushing to save the dog. Batgirl comes in at a certain point to help. But it's all playing out in a wonder. And I got that feeling of like watching something that's done where you're you're following a character in real time with the way that he's talking to Oracle over the comms. Well, it starts off on the phone just to Barbara, right? And it's like sort mm-hmm. of the, the civilian communication lines because they're just having a phone call. But then it becomes serious and they switch to, okay, now it's Oracle and Nightwing and we're on the, the secret bat channels. And then eventually mm-hmm. when she comes in, it kind of it felt like one of those types of stories where you hear a character for the first half of the story and then they come into it like halfway through. Uh, mm-hmm. I definitely got that vibe from this as I was reading it and some of the feelings that I get from real-time or close-to-real-time set-in-one-night stories that you, mm-hmm. you get in other mediums. Uh, so I really dug yeah, that. Yeah, no, this felt like however long it was set, it was meant for however long it took you to read it, right? Because it moves really quick. Like, this was not... It's a very not fast that much read of a read. comic, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, so... And that that's really cool. Like, it's a... I've been reading people have been calling it, like, filler or whatever, and it's... That's super annoying. Because it's not like it's just filler in the way that it's not that it impacts the overall story. Is this is a piece of art that I don't I can't recall any other comic doing so, something like this. You know, at this point of this particular run, what is the quote unquote real story that it's this is filler to? Right, I don't I don't well, I not, saw it, that. It's not. It, it, well, this is the thing. The, the point of this issue is that because because this is the thing. The target is not Nightwing in this issue. The target no. is Dick Grayson because Dick, Dick Grayson mm-hmm. has publicly said that he's going to fund all this money into the city and solve all these problems, and that's mm-hmm. pissed off the wrong people. So this is fallout from what the main story is. The main story is that he's doing this with all of Alfred's money that that he got. So, uh, like I, I'm not sure what you would do otherwise for this to be classed as not filler in the no. minds of the people who are calling it filler. Yeah, I just I just saw that and I was like, you guys don't get it then, I guess. Like, it's it's like this really cool piece of work that, you know, it's the story working with the art. Like, the art's doing a lot of the heavy lifting, right? Like, there's, there's dialogue and whatnot, but there's not a whole lot. Like, if I recall, there's no, like, inner monologue from Dick or whatever. No, it's no. A little bit. Not that much, yeah, but it's, it's, little, it's conversation but it, back and forth with uh, Oracle, mm-hmm. or it's his inner monologue. Because some of the pa- some of the pages are really inventive. I love the way it shows you, like when you get to like when he gets to the apartment, he's beating up the bad guy, and it's almost kind of like the old boy scene, right in the hallway, right yeah. where he's going through the bad guys. That's what it feels like. Uh, but he, but he jumps up out the skylight again, and then goes to the outside and comes back. You know, drops down into the street. So, but the way it sort of shows, and some of the pages, like see when Bar- uh, but Barbara shows up, and mm-hmm. there's that scene where, and oh, some of the transitions as well. See when the van goes around the corner and it transitions to like, yeah. the highway. I love that transition over those like two or three pages. But some of them get more complicated when Nightwing and Batgirl go in together into the next building, and we get both of them in that kind of like ghost form, like going through the sequence of their 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 mm-hmm. combat. Um. Like, I stayed in that page for probably longer than I needed to, just because I wanted to go back and really follow both lines of, like, combat and sort of, like, see yeah. them meet up again at the end. It was really fun to sort of 
just take the whole page in. Even though there wasn't a lot of information necessarily, it was just a case of, no, I want to like, experience all of this from every well, angle. Said, you kind of have to follow it twice, essentially. You have to follow yeah. Babs once and then yeah. follow Dick the other time. Yeah, you, but no, you, you take time to take it in because you really have to focus on where, where Dick is at in the scene, where Babs is at in the scene. And um, the storytelling, and... like, see, see the next page where uh, the guy threatens the dog with a gun? And, mm-hmm. like, he drops the dog out the window and Dick has to, like, you know, dive to to save the dog. Like, that is a really effective couple uh-huh. of pages. That, that 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 page, I was like, oh, no, I, I knew he wasn't going to kill the dog. Like, I, I didn't think for a second he would. But oh, no, this is Tom Taylor. Yeah, not Tom King. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> Tom Taylor doesn't give a crap about your feelings. Uh, so, I mean, that's not true. He probably does. But you know, he, he knows what he's doing. But yeah. like that, that's you know, I was invested. I care about this character. Obviously, the final page is just this really happy, like you know, him and Barbara swinging with the dog away at the end. But uh, what this issue is is making sure that Dick Grayson doesn't become John Wick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. That's what we're putting. <laughs> uh, obviously, the art is phenomenal through the lens of a John Wick action sequence. Yeah, yeah, that in a lot of ways. Um, obviously, the art's phenomenal, both in just a, a traditional sense, but also in the way that it's utilized in this weird format to tell a continuous, like, oneer, uh, which, like, I, I, I thought it made it feel special to me. It, I like every so often in a run of a comic book to get, like, a, a focused thing like this, which is... Because this will always feel like a milestone in this run. This will always feel like the early milestone about, you know, what are we at? This, like, this will always be, oh, it's that issue. Yeah, it's, it's like when you have, mm. when, when someone does like a silent issue. It's like, oh, it's that one. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. thinking this is, because we're at like nine, ten issues into this run yeah. now. This will always sort of be that this milestone when you're thinking about like the, the posts of the run and like when you think of the whole thing. This will always yeah. be that, that sort of first milestone probably. It, you know, I, I said that I can't remember anything like this, but I really think it's when the Watchmen did the did the um, symmetry issue to where you can read it forward or backwards. That's a similar style g- gimmick, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and so it's like, you know, that, that was a little bit more dialogue and, you know, having to make it work both ways as you're reading intensive, right? But for this, um, you know, yeah. that, that's how I remember Watchmen. I know Watchmen's a seminal work, of, there's, right? There's but... a few things like, like uh, Lemire's Trillium. Um... Yeah. I think the first issue was like a flip book, essentially, where yeah. you could read it either way, and like you know, the, the stories kind of met in the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that yeah. was. I'm, I had a way to downplay it because it was it was a fine technique for what it was doing, but that was a lot more simple, and it was just it was, there was yeah. there was two characters, they both it's ended in the same. Down. Yeah, there was yeah. two characters that ended in the same place, and it just didn't matter what one you read first, and it was just one yeah, was yeah. at the back and one was at the front, and that was right. it. It was that simple. But no, but to build off what people were saying, like this is that you know this is the oneer issue of Nightwing, you know. Uh, just like Watchmen has that symmetry issue, or there's a silent issue, you know. Uh, so, and I think that's really cool. You yeah, leave I'll, your I'll, stamp on. I don't have an character. example, but alternatively, you may have like a black and white issue, and otherwise yeah. normal, you know, mm-hmm. printed run or something like that. Right. Um, the fact that I can't think of one of those immediately is bizarre because that feels like such an obvious. Thing it does, do, doesn't it? Yeah, it feels, it feels like a, a, a such an obvious. Thing. I, yeah, I I think that. I think what this does is that it's a really fun, exciting piece of art, which is really entertaining to read. But yep. it establishes again Dick and Babs working together. Their relationship feels at the forefront. Uh, brings the dog back into it in a way where you're like, okay, this is re- this really solidified who the main characters of this run are, and it really mm-hmm. solidifies 
kind of what the main themes of the the, the book are yeah. and that dick's not just going to be like bruce he has to be different he has to do things his way with the, the money that alfred gave him uh, so right. like no we we know taylor loves black canary right do we mm-hmm. think that this is at all influenced by green arrow black canary how uh, when there's been a green arrow book canaries usually you know the yeah and it's like it's not about the relationship it's just them you know like uh this isn't any like there's not any spin going on it's just like dating or not they're partners here and it's it's real cool yeah she's, like, just, she, just... she's the second character in this book yeah which she absolutely is like i'm wondering if he has any of that influence here with them um so because it works works just as well yeah yeah no it's just not uh it's certainly not a bad way of looking at it and i like it could equally just be the other way around. Like, it could be a Batgirl book someday where Dick's just the secondary mm-hmm. character, and that would be cool too. But um, uh, it was it was delightful to see because the, the, the Taylor's been retweeting lots because the trade just came out, the hardcover, mm-hmm. and he's mm-hmm. been retweeting a lot of people uh, showing it off, and uh, it's got a really nice because I've been doing this for a while, but you know the actual hardcover itself's got printed art on it, so it looks quite nifty. Um, and then again, it was sort of like again the last twenty four hours because of Christmas. Like a lot of people got it as a Christmas present, so he was mm-hmm. retweeting tons of people opening their Nightwing trade. But one of the things that he said a couple of times is that him and Redondo have got a, a long tenure planned on the book. Like so, because there's, there's been a lot of times like, since we started this show, there's definitely been a few things where we were hoping for long runs from certain teams that were on a book, and then mm-hmm. like after twelve issues, it'd be like, oh no, that's it, it's over. Like it's done. Yeah. I mean, even something like Taylor's Suicide Squad, mm. which. We, we loved it, and, and I'm not saying oh, I should have gone forever, but it was like 11 issues, and that was the story, I'm sure. I, I, I'm, you know, I believe that was the plan. But right. also, yeah, I could have had years of that. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're reading Son of Kal-El, it feels like that's a spiritual successor to anything he was doing in Suicide Squad. So who knows if that's the type of story we're going to get, you know, just that John, just the different character there. So... Uh, but admittedly, if you told me, I mean, I'm not saying it's just, I mean, it's just what I believe, mm-hmm. yes, it was just a planned story that was ending when it was ending. Mm-hmm. But if you told me that that was ending so you could do a long run on Nightwing, I would have said, sign me up. <laughs> like, yeah. Yes. Oh, easy. I, I will accept the sacrifice. Yes. Give me Nightwing. I love I loved the Suicide Squad, but give me Nightwing. <laughs> yep. Uh, match made in heaven. Uh, mm-hmm. And I issue is just for the proof of it. So. Yep. Uh, and luckily, the sales are reflecting. The love of this yeah thing, yes. that he will get a long run on it and not only that i think that this like he, he's he's gonna have a batman run maybe not right after he's done with nightwing but like within the next five years he's gonna have a batman I mean, run he just signed an exclusive contract he did yeah, as i was yeah. gonna bring up he's, he's gonna be doing i think more dc books in the very near future yeah i think he's at a point where if he pitches them a story and they don't have something else going on you know i'm sure they'll just give it to him so if he wanted to flash or Green Arrow, Black Canary, whatever. I think he's I at think, the point where they'll go, sure, here you go. I think, I think there's a few things that are happening here that are really notable. One, uh, this is proving that he can just take one of the... Fla- well, I mean, I wouldn't say it was a flagship book, but he, hmm. he can take one of the, the ongoing characters, their, their ongoing book, and do a long run that fits into continuity with it. Uh, it's not mm-hmm. new. He's, he's elevated from the, the, the side universes and the, the Elseworlds yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Um two he's proven that when he does that he's a consistent seller and three that his name itself is starting to get enough of credibility with the audience that he's got a following who will try anything he writes 
and that's yeah. a concoction for a lot of long runs. We, me and Pete have brought up numerous times because I, I was late to his Wolverine title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like he did stuff on that book that made me care about characters I did not care about. Just, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, like even Laura herself, I was like, she's fine. But coming out of All New Wolverine, I was like, no, she's she's a solid character on her own. And She's one of fact, my favorite I, Marvel characters now because yeah. of that book. Yeah, and like, so when people, when, when the joke comes up, like, there's a guy Wolverine? Like an old dude? <laughs> like, I, I just love that joke because of, of what he did there. And then adding characters like Gabby, you know, uh, it's just he's... He really knows what he's doing. Yeah, it's him. Obviously, he's moved on now, and he's, he's DC, you know, and I'm happy yeah. about that. Uh, but the, the other person at Marvel who does that with me is Kelly Thompson, where, like, mm-hmm. will make me re- read a book about someone yeah. I didn't care about, and I'll be kind of into it. Yeah, <laughs> so, like, I'm going to read the, uh, the Black Widow book that's going on yeah. right the now. Only thing, got Marvel Unlimited. The only thing I've read in Unlimited so far is issue one of that book. That is the first thing I read. <laughs> is it good? Uh, it's pretty good. I mean, the the plot revolved around this amnesia thing. I'm not sure about yet, but all the action and the art look great, and the other oh, characters. Also, the amnesia good. thing's only the first arc. Well, I, I suspected as much. Uh, it was just it was a weird like story way place to go. I wasn't. I, I, I had no idea that's what it was about. I, you yeah, know, yeah. So when it, went, when it took that turn, I was like, oh okay, all right. Uh, I do kind of love uh, uh, Hawkeye and and Bucky and Bucky like yeah. reluctantly teaming up to like try and find her because she's been missing for a few months. That's kind of a fun vibe. Wait, we're talking about Clint Hawkeye or Clint, Kate Hawkeye? Clint, yeah. Clint, yeah. Right. Well, right. it makes sense. I, I mean, Natasha and Clint have got a history, but it makes sense. No, no, no. I understand that, but when you say <laughs> Kelly Thompson and Hawkeye... Oh, sure. I, yeah, okay. I think of Kate. So I got excited real quick that, like, wait, is there more no, Kate no. that I missed? That, this is hard doing Hawkeye for a change. There is a new Kate mini, though, isn't there? It's, it's not yeah, Kelly Thompson, but... Yeah. No, but I am going to wait. Uh, there's two, I almost picked up the first issue last month. Um, I'm going to wait until I hear things back. I'll eventually get to it because it is. I mean, I'll, I'll read it when it hits un, uh, unlimited. So I'll let you know yeah. what it's like. Yeah. So and it might just be a, a trade. I don't think it's a, I think it's a, a mini. I don't think Five it's a whole. Mini, yeah. yeah. So I might just wait for the trade anyways, um, regardless. Because again, I have to read all the Kate stuff. Which I jumped when Pete said Hawkeye, and I was like, "Wait, there's more Kate that I have to read now." So, uh, no, not yeah, either way, no, I will. It is Thompson. It's been on my backlist. I, I picked up some, some, you know, being in a daredevil mood for no particular reason. Um, I, I picked up uh, Zadarsky's first two trades. Oh, so good. That's so, pretty good. It's good stuff. I'm gonna jump back into some daredevil because it's, it's been missing in my life. Uh, it's yeah, been a while since. Well, you're kind of starting to like. You know, rope him a little bit and get him over to the to the DC mm-hmm. side. Maybe uh, if, they, if they can nab Kelly Thompson, that my my uh, uh-huh. my roster of writers is mm-hmm. pretty much. But for a second, when you said, "I thought you were talking about Daredevil," and I got very confused. And I was like, "Oh, okay, that makes way more sense." Yes, 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 <laughs> yes. The the chipped one. Uh, so no, cool. But uh, I mean, that's a bit of a tie. But uh, the, the the point ultimately came from uh, Taylor, like so Taylor making me care about new characters or characters that I never cared about before, and then you give him Dick Grayson, who's like already at the top of the list. Yeah, <laughs> like you're gonna get it, magic. It's already invested. You know, we're already invested in that character and Babs and whoever else he's working with, right? Um, and now you're just gonna tell a fantastic story about Bloodhaven and and what it means to Dick and him trying to do good. And it, it is peak 
uh, Taylor yeah. when you think about it. Right? And, and, like, and just to reiterate, this, this issue is about the fallout of what he's doing publicly, mm-hmm. and we're seeing the effect it's having on Bloodhaven, so... I completely disagree with any notion that this is... I, I hadn't heard this until you just brought it up on the show, which is why I'm just reacting to it now, but so what, what, no way is this filler. It's one of those things where you see... I saw Taylor talking about something on Twitter, and it was mainly just vaguely about filler and how kind of insulting that is to creatives because when they're writing stuff, they're never writing as, quote, filler, right? Like, there's intent and whatever. And I was like, wait, why is he talking about that? And then I started getting these suggested tweets, and I was like, I don't need this type of negativity. Can I, so can I, I just, I, I didn't block stuff. I, I was going to say I hate suggested tweets. I there. just, like, I, I X them out now. I almost, I almost had Hawkeye spoiled for me, and I was home on Wednesday, so I didn't have to wait. But because of suggested tweets, so mm. like, Twitter algorithm, if it's listening, just, just stop. I'm just starting to X out suggested tweets when they come out now. I, just, I don't want to see this stuff like that. So yeah. But yeah, I started getting those after I clicked on that Taylor one about filler. I started seeing some negativity about Nightwing. I was like, I can't. I'm not just just not going to engage in this, you know. Um, until I get onto the show and talk with my friends, that's different. You guys are a safe space. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's definitely negativity here. Connor's here, but like, yeah, I mean, he has safe does not mean not negative. <laughs> I'm not going to have a go map for being negative. That's, that's pretty positive most of the time, I think. I give out more sevens than anybody. That's mainly because I don't like rating things. That's a pretty positive. Uh... You do consistently rate the highest. Mm. That's probably true on average. But when I don't like something, it really, really, really hits. You get like so... a two immediately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's. Uh... So anyway, cool. So Nightwing, we're, we're going to rate. Speaking of ratings. Yeah, speaking of rates. Uh... Yeah, we're giving it, Matt. So, uh, this non-filler issue at Nightwing, I'm going to give it a nine. Connor. I'll give it a nine. Yeah, I'll give it a nine as well. I, 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 this was a thrill to, like, go through. And it, it felt special when I finished it. I was like, oh, that, that felt like such a good time. Uh, I, you know, cared about the dog. I felt the momentum going through the whole issue. It was good stuff. Um, so, yes. I mean, Nightwing, I mean, I think it's pretty cemented now as my favorite DC book that they're currently doing. I think it's... I think it's, hey, I'm not going to speak for Connor, but I know it's mine, so... I would have to do some thinking. Although, given that one of my favourites has just come to an end this week, it, it has less competition. What did Lobdell stop writing this week? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's great for, great for radio, Connor, when you give him the finger like that. <laughs> the silence spoke volumes anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one thing the audio listeners miss out and we have a lot more audio listeners than we do video watchers but the audio do, listeners miss yeah. out the, the flipping of the bird that happens from Connor's camera a lot look <laughs> I, I'm not supposed to swear that much apparently that, no that's so, true wait who said this YouTube said this yes YouTube said this <laughs> YouTube itself like the like the, the conglomerate that is YouTube yes, yes the, the... they address me personally so it's very <laughs> Started talking to him like Hal 9000. Uh, listen, you ginger POS. <laughs> what are you doing, ginger? Uh, oh I'm afraid I can't let you do that, ginger. Uh, <laughs> I'm afraid I can't let you swear. <laughs> oh, dear. All right, that's Nightwing. Okay. Uh, Justice League Incarnate Issue 2, Josh Wilmson and four artists. 
<laughs> that's what you're this book is a mixed bag. Uh, right that's fair. It didn't read it. Oh, okay. I looked at it and I was like, "No, I don't actually so, want to read it." Like, it, um, it wasn't even a lack of time. I had time. I was just like, "I don't, I don't, I don't want I, to read it." Oh, listen, listen to that thing. I had time. Yeah, yeah. I have one of those. To get cut. I, I have one of those later on, on a book we'll talk about, and it, it's nothing about the quality or anything. I just didn't didn't have the desire. Um, I get it. I was really hyped for Incarnate, and then after this issue, I'm like, okay, this is going to be a mixed bag. It's not what I I'm think it's going to be. Uh, and it could end up, you know, shaping up into something different. It's still very fun. It's still exactly what I think Williamson wants it to be. This one was just less exciting as the first issue i think yeah i uh i I would agree it's probably not as good as issue one um i think when it was at its strongest uh was when it got kind of going and i could just sort of like get into like the characters interacting with each other and hiding out on earth 13 Mm -hmm. and just kind of their observations and uh flirtations and then things like that uh also dr batman uh, needs to stick for Flashpoint Batman because Flashpoint Batman feels so out of date at this point. <laughs> it does. So the Doctor Batman works though. Yeah. Yeah. Got a new name for him. Um, he doesn't like uh, it very much, but yeah, it's like someone calls him Doctor yeah, Batman. Yeah, no. And... So it's just, yeah, because him and Doctor Multiverse are both like, oh, we're both doctors. She's like, we're both doctors. Well, it was that, and it was uh, also gets... we call him President Superman. So you're right, Doctor Batman. Right. Um, and what I do like that Williamson does have the characters locked in. Like, this does feel like a team that's been around for a minute. Like, all, all of their voices and how they interact is, is spot on. It's just kind of what the actual plot is that I just I, I got lost in the weeds a bit. There's a lot going on. I have to admit, um, I did. Like, there was, like, a couple of pages at the start where I'm like, okay, what happened last issue? Like, what, <laughs> where are we and what was going on? You didn't remember Dark Side's crack? I remember Darcy's crack. Don't get me wrong; I, that, that was very memorable. But like, yeah. it, it wasn't until I saw Orion. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. Orion showed up, you know, at the ship and blah blah blah. And like, so that stuff's going on. And that side of it's definitely the weaker side, I think, is the 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 B plot on the ship. Uh, it's just a little yeah. less focused, and it's clearly not the 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 core group that we're following. Uh, and the core group who run into this alternate version of Constantine and the uh, was it the, the Tavern of Mystery. Um, yeah, so Earth, so this Earth thirteen is the magic Earth, right? Where you know Super Demon exists, and um, so there Justice League meets at a tavern. You know, it's very Dungeons and Dragonsy DC mm. world, and uh, this Zatanna sets her name backwards. So I'm guessing she's even more powerful than our regular Z because she goes by Anataz, um, and and so they have to go with her, and we find out that the just the existence of Darkseid's crack is corrupting the the different Earths that weren't corruptible before, right? Yeah, and so, some uh, are were... more uh, like the, the 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 veil between like yeah the world and the multiverse of what's beyond that is, is is thinner on Earth thirteen, so it's it's having right. a greater effect like immediately. <laughs> um, I mean, for me, most of it because obviously I'm not a big magic guy, but I was kind of into it yeah. once it settled into this, and it was just a, like. Uh, like Captain Carrot complaining that he hates magicians because he's worried that they're going to try and put him in a hat. I thought it was actually kind of yeah. delightful. Um, yeah. And there's just, just all these little character beats were kind of what I was enjoying about it. 
and it was making it kind of easy to just enjoy despite the fact that it is doing kind of a lot of crazy stuff with alternate versions of characters and mm-hmm. um you know you have uh, the Etrigan Superman or Demon Superman whatever they're, they're calling him yeah. Super, Super Demon, Demon that was the that was the, the name which is really cool I just I love that concept Super oh, Demon by the way all his rhymes sucked by the way there was a lot of stretching going on with these rhymes just the uh, you know but, but yeah, and then also Williamson decided to start with with the whole B plot, right? They have to turn it. Orion's like we have to turn the House of Heroes into a battering ram, you know, to to thwart Darkseid's crack, and you know because this is the place that the Monitor. So to us just going back to the Monitors and like that kind of stuff, I'm not nearly as excited for, um, because I'm kind of liking this House of Heroes. Kind of policing the multiverse in and of itself, right? Like um, the monitors and whatnot, kind of makes it more messy. So yeah, uh, and then just that with 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 the different like the people from Apocalypse attacking and Orion being like, well, we we have to do this now, and well, we'll put it into my. It just it seemed messy. Like I still don't understand why we have to use it as the battering ram. Exactly. Yeah, that, some of that um, stuff just felt like really quick. Like, it didn't yeah. make a whole lot of sense. And I'm sure, I'm sure, Williams has spent a lot of time thinking about this and why it all makes sense. But yeah. it's, it's not something that easily you get across in a comic book. It's just, it's, it's you know, right. it's like reading the flash book where there's just some mumbo jumbo about the speed force. So you just kind of have to roll with it because, uh, yeah. Otherwise, I, otherwise you're just going to go insane trying to like make it work in your head. Right. But I see. I just wish there was more of the interpersonal stuff with them on, you know, mm. that Earth. You know, uh, well, I guess like that's you said, what, Captain Carrot. That's what makes know. the B plot though is that it doesn't get the the same yeah. time as the as the A plot. Uh, yeah. I I guess the thing where you either like make or break your opinion on this book is that so they all teleport because uh, they don't because what happened in the last issue is they they basically followed Darkseid through the uh, the boom tube, but uh, they ended up in Earth thirteen instead. Uh, they didn't actually go to where he was, and then mm-hmm. suddenly when they're with all the magic characters in the tavern they all start to teleport and they eventually kind of catch up with Darkseid and Darkseid's fighting this big godlike being. That's right. And uh, all this is going on. But the there's like an energy coming from the crack. They're going to try and like go in and get Barry. It doesn't really work though. And something comes out of the crack. And this is the point where you, many people, I, I can almost hear people groaning when I read this. Oh, I Before I read this, I got spoiled on what this was. And again, getting annoyed because you're missing the (laughs) you're missing the point of this so out out of the crack comes the batwoman who laughs no (laughs) right i understand yes no no, the the visual the the visual of this because i actually i wasn't because i I saw the image because a full page spread and I went, oh yeah. god, he's back. And then I read the, the actual text. I went, oh, it's the Batwoman who laughs. Oh, it's a new. And she's got like an Infinity Gauntlet on. There's <laughs> like a whole thing. Anyway, uh, but then like they, they do say something in the next page that's quite interesting because someone says, wait, isn't the Dark Multiverse gone? Isn't that done with? Mm-hmm. And someone says, yeah, it is. This isn't from the Dark Multiverse. This is actually uh, Kathy Kane from Earth. Was it nine? I think. Um, yeah. She, she, like, basically the, this this crack in the multiverse is starting to corrupt worlds, and this is one of the results, is that right. we've effect- effectively created a new Batwoman who laughs because of this. So I was like, okay, okay. I kind of yeah. like what you're saying is happening here, I, but I did I did groan at the visual of the think, Batwoman who I laughs. I think that was the intent, though. I don't think, like, this is Williamson setting up the Batwoman who laughs as the mm. ultimate 
you know, heavy for this. It's still, you know, dark side trying to bring the great darkness. This is just one of the things that's popped out to show the stakes. Yeah. Right? And I mean, we thought the dark multiverse was gone and it's, you know, the, the Batman woman who laughs should not exist, but that's how bad this great darkness is that it corrupted earth nines, Kathy Kane. So, yeah, um, at worst, I would say she's going to end up being like a foot soldier for dark side. Uh, yeah, if if she makes it out of this, and yeah. you don't get, you we know, don't know. Yeah, they they, they teleport yeah. her to the House of Heroes, thinking that they'll be able to mm-hmm. deal with her. But what they don't know is that the House of Heroes are currently in this war with yeah. parademons and trying to do all this crazy shit to get rid of that. Uh, the end of the issue is basically that, and this is against uh, Doctor Batman's uh, wishes, but yeah. is that they have to essentially do what they did last issue and basically teleport the crack to some other dimension so that they can sort of like live to fight another day because they can't win this right now. And Flashpoint Batman's not happy about it. He doesn't want to do that. Um, but there's a bit of a problem this time and that they get separated. So President Superman and Dr. Multiverse end up on, you know, one Earth. And then mm-hmm. it's like, okay, where's the others? Flashpoint Batman looks like he's in like an animated series looking Earth. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, Avery's in like a pirate ship looking it, it Earth. It looks like the uh, Watchmen pirate universe oh that'd be um, i mean yeah that would the, be a big deal if it is yeah and then captain carrot is uh looks like Wildstorm. yeah something yeah comic picky uh so yeah like i mean honestly that was probably my biggest thing with the issue is that i too was kind of a little bit annoyed is, is every issue until issue five or six going to end with them jumping to a new earth right like like this is only issue two and i already felt a little bit of a formula here at the end mm-hmm. um and that felt like a shame because it felt like issue one was very exciting to set up this big story and i don't want it to feel like we're doing kind of like oh each issue is this but it always ends with them jumping until maybe the last two issues where they right. have some sort of big <laughs> this is quantum leap the comic book series yeah uh, so that was probably the biggest disappointment. I still had a, a decent time reading it, though, I would say. Mm-hmm. And I'm still yeah. invested in what it's doing, and I'm liking the characters for the most part. But but I I understand where Connor's coming from, where he's like, yeah, you could have, but I, I didn't. I mean, there's a lot going on here. And if you, you know, don't have the bandwidth, I fully understand. Because there's other books that came out this week that probably are going to be more people's jam you know just i didn't expect this book to be terrible it's just i like you know the first issue yeah. i wasn't as hot on as you two i thought it was okay mm. and then i got to this one just just staring and going i don't want to read this what's right funny now. is that uh the cover just there's no appeal to, i know it's got the big edge it's very there. connor right <laughs> what was what's funny to me is that i i too kind of looked at the cover and felt like oh i don't know if i'm like excited to read this and what's funny is that I, I think that I actually ended up liking it more than I was expecting to because I kind of went in with like a more muted expectation. And I think part of it is just because it's one of those those comics where the cover isn't particularly impressive looking and it's kind of messy looking and just sort of very house style. So it just it had that feeling of like, oh, this is just another book. Um, whereas, you know, some of these other books this week, you look at the cover and go, oh, this is a prestige issue or this is a... Uh, whatever, or you know, like the. Yeah, I was sure this was six issues, but apparently it's only five. Oh yeah, it's been five. Hmm. Fair enough. It's so, just me. Just I think I'm just used to every DC mini being six issues, not five. Yeah. Uh, I Unless re- it's an event, and then it's seven. Remember when they used to be seven? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, events are seven. Everything else is six. At least one of the metals was seven still. I don't know which one, but one of them was. Think... Yeah. Was, was it death? Metal? I think it was death metal because there wasn't as many of the tie-ins. 
Maybe. Um, yeah. But there's still a brick out of seven here or there. It's not. I expect sevens for event books still. Like not not that they they have to, but that's the default expectation still. Yeah. Uh, so at the same time, the art is obviously kind of all over the place. It's it's yeah. more or less just going for house style. Uh, it's when they jump to the other Earth and see Dark Side, it does switch artists there, and then obviously the last page has like three different artists on the one page. At least yeah. it looks like that to me anyway, because of the three different panels. Yeah. Uh, so maybe it does. It's, it's maybe not quite as messy as four artists makes it sound at first, because it is mostly just two, and then the, that last couple of pages when they're on different Earths, they're intentionally using different artists. But mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't say any of the art was particularly standout though I, my favorite art was definitely when they were in the tavern and like mm-hmm. doing all that stuff i thought it was the most expressive i thought the characters looked kind of you know shadowy it, it kind of fit the tone that it was going for in yeah. this location yeah it meets the tone of that world that you would assume is a little bit darker yeah. lit by fire not light not like so, you know artificial light so it's, uh, it was more memorable stuck out a mm-hmm. bit more and in a good way in, in that section mm-hmm. whereas the rest of it would just kind of feel like ah just sort of house stale looking uh mm-hmm. I'm not garbage either. Like it wasn't like a fan demise. No, it's it's fine. Just yeah, uh, not noteworthy. Which you know, mm-hmm. uh, the debate to yourself uh, if that's how how bad a statement that is. It's really up to you, I suppose. Uh, Matt, what are you giving Justice League Incarnate issue two? Seven. Yeah, I'll probably agree with the seven. I think it probably just describes a bit seven for me. There's a couple of things I don't like. Art's a bit hodgepodge, but. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm liking the characters in the story for the most part. Uh, but hey, so cool. Um, Batman, One Dark Knight, issue one. Jock. Just Jock. <laughs> it's unusual to see, isn't it? That, that's what they should yeah. just put on the cover, Just Jock. It sounds good. <laughs> I mean, obviously it's not really, he's not doing the lettering or anything, but like still, <laughs> Just Jock. Yeah. <laughs> um... So yeah, I mean, obviously we we knew that this was about a blackout in Gotham City one night, and uh, it was all set in the one night. So that that premise alone is enough for me with Jock Art. Um, turns out that we build up to the blackout happening at the end of the issue in this, and it's you know it's a long issue. It's one of these prestige books. It's fifty pages, um, and we're introduced to what I believe is a new villain uh, that's created for this book, EMP, who's of course his real name also has the initials EMP, which like. Maybe to your taste, whether you, yeah, whether you love or hate that, but uh, that this that still made more sense to me than say like like Edward Enigma, which is uh, two on the nose because the name actually means something. It, at least oh, you know. That's when you start to get to fate of, I'd, of I'd it. Say, uh, was he always fated to be freeze. Riddler? Yeah. You know, well, they changed it name. eventually, didn't they? To him having like a a birth name that was different, and he changed it mm-hmm. because he wanted the yeah. the pun, which you know, okay. Right. Yeah, yeah, you're filling in your plot hole a little bit there, which is yeah. nice. Mr. Freeze is still the egregious one for me. For, Freeze is, yeah. Yeah, obviously they, they try to be cute because it's the, the spelling's obviously different, but... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this one but, I don't mind so much. It's just initials. It's, it's just initials, yeah. Like I was, you know, it's, it's Eddie, you know, M something. Is it Presley? Priestley? Whatever what the last name was. Uh, I, I really don't remember. We'll find out in a minute when I get to that page. Uh, okay, EMP, <laughs> full of matters. Yes. Uh, so, I quite dug this. I don't, I don't know how everyone else feels. I have no idea. Matt, how do you feel about it? Uh, this is the one that I started reading. I was like, I don't care. 
It's I it's Jock on Art, which great. But just reading it, I was like, I I don't have the bandwidth for this right now. That so, is shocking to me. But okay. I know. I get it. I thought it was fine. I think the art's gorgeous. Yes. Yeah. As expected. Yes. Yeah, story just... is fine. Yeah. It's not it's not bad. There's nothing wrong I... with it. It just doesn't grab me. But I will say, as a I think Jock isn't a terrible writer because this is the first time I think he's really written his own project. Mm-hmm. I do think he ends his book about a few, a few pages too late. There's like three or four pages extra at the end of this issue that just shouldn't be there. Sure. Uh, I'll look at them and when we get there and <laughs> tell you if I agree with that. Uh, but yeah, so as I was reading this, I was like, man, I, you know, I'm sure Pete's going to love it. it. It's Batman or it's Jock doing Batman, which, you know, but I was like, I, I need more than just Jock doing Batman. I, I do think the first yeah. handful of pages were the weakest. It took me a few attempts to get. Yeah. Like, I kept like, re- I'd, I'd read like two pages and then I'd, I'd be like, I, I'd, I'm going to stop and go, and, you know, I'm going to have a drink or, you know, I'll okay. glance at That's... my phone or something. And I don't, I don't usually do that with comics, but like, it, it took yeah. me. Yeah probably about the first 10 pages to actually get to a point where I could sit and well, read it in one go. <laughs> Let me bust in here yeah. then and give some positivity. Because uh, I kind of love this issue. Uh, there's a lot of things about this that I really liked. I love the one night setting. I love the way it builds up the, the mood around the city and that uh, the gang's all gearing up for something. Uh, Arkham's gearing up for this transport because the plot of the book is that they're transporting this villain, e- EMP, who sucks in energy from around him, absorbs it. Uh, they're transporting to Blackgate, and it's all under this, uh, was it Vasquez, this, this, uh, the head of the prison system or something, and she's speaking at a thing where Gordon's also at, and all these things are happening around the set, and it's sort of setting all this stuff up, and they're transporting them in, like, a Faraday truck, which looks kind of like, it's like one of those buggies you get when, like, they're riding around on the moon, but it's, like, the size of a monster truck, that's what it looks like to me, uh. Well, uh, Faraday cage in, in science is, like, uh, it's one of those... No, no electrical impulses can come oh, no, in or I, out. Oh yeah, I know what Faraday yeah. kids. I'm, I'm just okay. talking about what this truck looks like. Uh, gotcha. Uh, right. So, yeah. So I liked all this build up, but what I really loved, because ultimately what happens here is you get the uh, like the you know a gang intervenes, hits the truck with a rocket, and Batman, who's monitoring the situation the whole time, has to swoop in and you know try and intervene. What I loved here is that you get a map of Gotham, right, early on in the book. It shows you a map of Gotham. It shows you the route they're going to take. It labels all the sections of the city. Uh, and I thought, oh, that's neat. And I didn't think too much of it. I just thought it was neat. And it was sort of showing you like, the various chatter from different locations. Like, you know, so Blackgate saying, hey, we've got our super advanced Faraday cage ready. And someone else is saying this, blah, blah. Um, later on this, you know, once everything's gone down and we're getting, we're wrapping up towards the end of the book... And it becomes clear that the truck is immobilized. Batman's had to, like, save EMP and knock him out and take him from the, the gangs that are coming for him. And it's like, wait, the plot of this book going forward now is that Batman is going to have to, on foot, cover, like, two-thirds of this journey. And it shows you the map again. And it shows you where the truck was hit. And it shows you where, where all the gangs are en route to, like, try and intervene. And it was it's basically like a... Uh, Oh, the Gauntlet's a movie that has a kind of a plot like this. 16 blocks that Richard Donner did with Bruce yeah. Willis has kind of got a plot like this. So it's a very simple action movie plot and that the power goes out and Batman is on his own with basically no contacts at this point because he can't talk to Alfred because everything, everything, everything electricals went down. Um, and not only that, apparently EMP releases like a, like 
like people start to like get riled up like the, the, it releases energy that hits people uh and it's starting to affect the city so they're going to get the, the city itself is going to get crazier as the night goes on because he's, he's out in the open uh so you've got all this and the art of course is, is, is gorgeous uh all you know there's, there's like two similar two-page spreads towards the end where ones where like he does sort of detonate like an emp grenade when he hits the bat signal because he's in like the neon part of the city and he's like sucking in all this energy and then he falls into the bat signal and that's when it goes boom and then there's like a very there's the exact same sort of page looking at the city it's just completely black you know with just the the vague shapes of the buildings that's the page i think should have been the final page of the book um again it's, it's that that blackout it's like finally that blackout and then there's like three or four pages after batman just doing a little bit of stuff like getting up and i'm like that should have been the star of your next issue i actually think i disagree i didn't go and see what see them specifically but i think you're talking about the pages that set up the trip that he has to make now and I, I think that's the, the hook of the book. I think the hook of the book and the thing that you're setting up in this issue is this dangerous journey he's going to have to make on his own to get to point B. Like, I think that, I think that is important. I, I disagree, because we already know he's on this journey. Like, this, that's the whole point of this journey is, like you said, it shows us that map multiple times. This, like, you know, this, okay, yeah, this is that, the journey of the book. Isn't that second map after that page? It might be, but the, the the first map that we see anyway, like you but, know, I, no, but I think the second map's the important part. I think that's the part you need before the end of this issue because that's the part that says this is how dangerous it is. This is the, all the ground he has to cover, and this is all the obstacles that are going to be in his way. That's what made me excited to read this issue too. So I still, I, I think that page could have been before the blackout. Like I think we could have seen that earlier. Then now I, I completely disagree. I I I hundred percent disagree with Connor on this. Uh, I think the setup for what this plot actually is after the blackout is the most important thing, and I think it is necessary as the ending of this book. Um, I couldn't disagree more with that. Uh, I think for me, ending with the big explosion, that double page, a couple of pages there that you've got of people looking around, like this is where I think you could have moved a couple of those pages, like the 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 map, like Batman. You could have had just a page of that him looking there. But I think that double page of just an ending on uh, the double page of the blackout where it actually says, uh, you know, whatever the line continues from before, and it just says blackout on it. I think that should absolutely have been the final page of the book. It's okay. You're allowed to be wrong. You've done it before, and you'll do so many times again. <laughs> and that's fine. Um, I think this call to action with him picking him up and walking off at the end is exactly where this book needs to end. Uh so I I would full full support of of uh, just Jock. Uh Just Jock. <laughs> also Jock showing his Britishness when he was naming the areas of Gotham. Because uh, two stuck out to me. One that that Burnley is, is an area of Gotham now, apparently. Mm-hmm. And that one was just on the map. I don't think we went to that one. But the one that really stuck out to me is because there was a panel and it had like, you know, the location and it was Coventry, which was weird because that's my hometown. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, what? I, I mean, it's not thing. uncommon for places in the US to be named after no, UK but places. No, but I've never heard those names in relation to Gotham before. So I'm saying right. Jock is... True, true. There's, there's a few that I do recognize, though. You got the Bowery, you got, like, the, you know... I was looking for the Narrows, and I didn't see it. That one's not um, there, no. There was no Narrows. No, yeah. they've got, like, a Broadway. They've got Old Gotham, a Chinatown here, Upper East Side. Right. Uh, um, all these things, like, those where... make sense to me in Gotham. And, and it's not that these places... They can't be called Burnley or Coventry. It's just right. they've never happened before, to my knowledge. And it, it felt like Jock was just throwing in, like, okay, places that he knows that, you know, maybe right. a lot of Americans won't. And, that, and that's fine. I mean, it's not like this map is exactly canon. You know what I mean? No. Like, 
Um, but I did. I was looking at where Wayne Tower was and where Crime Alley is, and those are very, very far away. Um, and it just makes me wonder if that was the only theater that was showing Zorro in Gotham and why why they were so far out of the way in Crime Alley. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You know? Wayne Tower's not where they live, though. So why was that going to No, no, I know, but you'd, you'd assume Wayne Tower's kind of where Thomas would do business, right? Like... Wayne Towers is by where the hospital. Sure, but the, the mansion's outside the city. So maybe, so maybe the mansion's on, you know, the other side. Maybe, but I just noticed that like they were very, very on, on Jock's map, very far away. Yeah. And it was just like, you know, as someone that was looking to go see Licorice Pizza this weekend, and it's not showing except for 35 minutes away, I just got to thinking, you know, like, how was this the only uh, theater playing Zorro? Um, yeah, no, the, I, the, I, further, the further away we get from the, the release, I mean, it not being contemporary for when they, you know, when they were playing it, it was like, oh no, it's just somewhere playing this movie. The more likely it becomes that it can be further away from wherever. That's they were. true. It's an old movie. Uh, true. Yeah, no, that makes some sense. Um, but I think what's great in this book is the pacing and the way it really feels like everything's coalescing. Because eventually, Gordon and the Vasquez lady find out that the truck's been hit. And they start moving uh, towards the crime scene and try to like, get on top of things. Um, the various people that Batman and EMP pass as Batman's chasing them, and it's like kind of this ticking time bomb element, both to EMP, but there's also an overall ticking time bomb element to the whole story because, and this was kind of silly, they should have maybe waited to turn it on, but it turns out that this fancy thing that they've built at Blackgate to like contain his power, like it's designed on a perpetuating cycle that's like fed by emp himself so now that they've turned it on if they don't get him in there <laughs> within x amount of time uh, it's not so much that it'll blow up necessarily but it'll just like it'll break down and it won't work anymore and it'll be all for nothing <laughs> so uh there's a bit of a ticking time clock on that as well so you, you, i'm assuming you're... just just for the sake of playing devil's advocate the reason that they turned it on before he got there was it needed time to charge up and yes. turn on and cycle on to be ready when he got there but I would say that if, if it's safe enough to have him transporting throughout the city, that whatever you're using to like keep him on the down low in that time, you can do it for an extra 10 minutes. So that they're just they're more sure that he's going to be going in there. That's fair. You know, just if, if it's, so if, now looking at this second map uh, and seeing all the different names of the gangs, yeah. and now I'm getting warrior vibes, I'm like, God, I'm going to have to find time. Because I didn't even think about the warriors being a kind of vibe. Oh yeah, because you get this vibe as well that the, the gangs that are not like on each other's side, like they're they're right. all coming for their own reasons. Right. Uh, so no, I thought the pacing of this was excellent. The build up to EMP going supernova, um, and then the I mean obviously it's just a thematic thing that it happens to fall into the bat signal rather than it being important, but it is kind of a nice visual of it all happening. Uh, but there's great panels of like the gang shooting rocket launchers to try and like get them. Uh, the coloring is like, you know, it's all these dark colors, but then you have the, the bright flames and the, the lights and all that stuff. Um, the flash, especially when the, the flash goes off, when the big, you know, the big EMP explosion happens, there's a panel on the next page of like the police car with Gordon and Vasquez in it. And it just sort of like is bright light. And it's, it's almost to the point where like, I, I, I almost wasn't sure like if that's all it was like is, is something even more like supernatural happen or not supernatural but like science fiction happening here with this this blast mm -hmm. uh but the way it then transitions to the panels of them on the same page inside the car and they're just in complete darkness it really sold the idea that no every light in the city just went out this isn't just the buildings this is the cars this is 
everything possible. It is just ambient moonlight that is now lighting the city. Um, so it really set this 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 tone and mood. Um, but is it? This is like like the perfect like action movie version of Batman, in which it's just a really simple premise. Point A, point B. It has to get there, and you've got all the the various parts of the city that are going to play into it as he's as he's mm-hmm. going. Um, so, and I kind of get for the premise sake why it had to be like an original villain that he came up with, and that's cool. Like mm-hmm. I have no problem with that. And to be honest, the way it builds up to him with them all mentioning how dangerous he is and that we have to move him and like the 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 drivers of the truck being nervous that they have to do this like it actually did a really good job of building him up as being a really big deal like he felt like oh it's like you know halfway through the book he just he felt like any i won't say a-list villain but he felt like any villain that's ever been given like a, a serious amount of like storytelling to that like it's supposed to feel like a big deal you know i never personally quite got that it was always just he's there for the plot for me they put him over to use a wrestling term, uh, <laughs> and I got he's that. He's a low mid Carter that suddenly is in the main event, and you're like, "Oh, okay." Sure, yeah, <laughs> sure. Um, but I, I, I got that from this. But it's all about the, it's all about the geography, which is why I think leaning on the map and looks really showing off. This is a really good idea because any good action movie is kind of about geography, and I don't mean on a large scale. I mean on the sense of, uh even if you're just having a fight scene, like, always kind of understanding where the two people in the fight are in relation to each other is super important, and it's what separates a good action scene from a bad action scene. Um, and on a slightly larger scale, you have the city, which is like, you know, this is this is the dangerous journey we have to go through. And, yeah. So, yeah, this was like my John Carpenter Batman movie, like, put on page that, like, I always wanted someday. Uh, so... Yes, the the apathy from uh, Connor is. Uh, I don't want to say. I don't, I, don't, I don't think it's bad. I think it's perfectly fine, written with very, very, very good art. I, I, it, it's coming across really negative because you're like, "This is amazing. You loved it." I'm like, it's amazing. See, I figured he would like this just because <laughs> I know Pete's taste when it comes to Jock and Batman. Like, so you know. But, but to be to, to his credit though, I, I don't think this is just done the art though. I think the writing's perfectly good to to to, to really good in places. I don't think yeah. it's overwritten. I think it's paced very well. I think it builds the characters. Uh, the new characters of both the villain and this Vasquez lady uh, are done fairly well. Um, I think the pacing's excellent, which is on the writing and not just the art. Like, but but I I, I was very impressed with this, and I am very excited for issue two. Uh, I'll tell you what the uh, in, in terms of the other biggest surprise for me was at one point because uh, like the first like bulk of it is is Batman's a lot of it in the shadows it's typical dark jock right and there's a point where he jumps out in the light and you see how bright his costume is he's got like a full like it's the grey costume but with with the blue mm. you know the, the cowl gloves cape and and boots with the bright yellow under the cape and I hadn't realised it was quite that until that page. I was like, oh, that's the costume he's gone with. I, I, because he was in the shadow so much, I just assumed Jock had chosen a darker costume. Yeah, even the, even the cover, he's just in silhouette. or you know. Right. And, and again, not complaint. That was just something I noticed as I was reading that, that caught me by surprise. Uh, but no, that was fine. <laughs> I give this a hearty recommendation to everyone. Uh, needs to say. 
it'll make for a great trade when all three or four issues. I'll, I always forget which one of these are three or four issues because they it tends to be three, but there's a few I think fours. This is three, and I think Catwoman is four. Okay. I well. think. All right. Well, what do you give it then? I'll give it a seven. Yeah, definitely good with the R. I was waiting for him to give it a four or something just to watch your brain melt. At no point did I say this was a bad thing. I have repeatedly said the writing is fine, the art is fantastic. But there's a, out there's a, a tone in your voice that I just don't like. There's a, just a, there's a tone. You're pinning your identity a little bit on this book, and I, I don't appreciate it. There's a tone. Uh, easy 9 out of 10 for me. Uh, loved it. Can't wait for issue 2. Um... I, I encourage Matt to give it another go and get into the, the, the nitty gritty of it because I think you might like the action stuff on in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's Batman One Dark Knight. Catwoman 38, Ram V writing with Casper Wingard on the art. And I thought Ram V's last issue was the last one. <laughs> Me too. So when I got this, I went, oh, we're going to start T.D. Howard's Catwoman run. And I went, oh, wait, V? As in. As in not V for Vendetta. <laughs> Is this just Ram? Is this the Ram variety? Okay. Um, Alright. Uh, so I will say the art in this is not bad, but I will say it's, it's distractingly super different from the rest of this run. <laughs> I will say I love the art in this issue because I, I love mm. Casper Wingard. Yes. It's uh, different, but also because it's like a, an epilogue issue for the most part, I'm kind of okay with it being very different. It's kind of, so- it's a transition reissue in a lot of ways. I I like how because the story plays with Selena saying what happened, it doesn't quite match. Like we know we we love Blanco because it was so gritty and dark, right? Mm. And it played with those shadows. And this is like, well, no. In Selena's mind, everything is bright, and as she's telling what had happened, this art matches that, and I, I really love that vibe. I think I, if I understand that, I'd probably argue that the present day stuff and the interrogation should have still been Blanco then. And like just the, the story she was telling yeah, should have been in no, the other art sense. style. Blanco's working on another book now, let's be honest. I don't know what yeah. book. Well, yeah, I, I get no. that that's the shoot reason, but I'm just saying in kayfabe, that's what I'd prefer. God damn, Pete, don't do this. <laughs> you know what I meant. You got it. I know. I, I know I said worked into a shoot earlier. I, I get it. But you're, you're, you're going all cardy and I don't like it. I'll just try to alienate Connor because it amuses I'd me. Work. I know. <laughs> <laughs> me thoroughly alienated. I apologize for liking Casper Wingard a lot. I don't. I, don't, I, I think the art's pretty good. Like I, I have no complaints about the art in a like uh, a vacuum. It's just, just you know, it's so different from like, the rest of the run that it just stuck out to me. Um, but yeah, so the plot of the issue is that Selena has volunteered to come in and talk to. Uh, uh, the corrupt cop that we've been dealing with. What's his name? Kelp, not Kelper. Something like that, though. Calber? Cal- Cal- Calber? Yeah. Something like that. Anyway, so she's in talking uh, uh, and telling her side of the thing because they, they think they've got her on a lot of charges and she's like, oh, no, this is what happened. It wasn't... It was it was Ghostmaker who was fighting the assassin ladies. Mm-hmm. I had nothing to do with it. I just watched from the sidelines. That wasn't me. Uh, mm-hmm. And so on and so forth. Um, and you kind of get that she's got a plan in play. You can sort of just has that feeling to it because people keep having to leave the room, and you're just kind of waiting for like, okay, what's going on here? Something, something else is is doing this. Um, and I did, I did. It's put, Colac, by the way. Oh, there you go, Colac. Yeah. Uh, 
I did predict Clayface involvement. I did not did predict... You predict Clayface being all of them. I didn't predict Clayface being every character yeah. that you know. Well, not every character, but like all of the 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 things that were happening were all Clayface. Yeah, I didn't predict that much. I did extent. love the lawyers. Like, yeah, I'm a very good lawyer. And you're like, oh, that's Clayface. That's him doing a performance. Right. I think like, one of my favorite moments of this issue is actually Clayface. Also Clayface. Clayface yeah. two. Just all three of them, just yeah. next to each other. Uh-huh. It's good, and obviously there's there's little tidbits here, uh, like like Cheshire meeting shoes, and it's a nice little moment. Yeah, just and it's like it's not doing much with it, but it's establishing that they aren't meeting, so that whoever takes these characters next can sort of start from here, uh, which is neat. And I suspect that it may happen, but given that we've got uh, you know, Roy, like mm-hmm. around in some capacity, uh, so yeah, um. It leaves Father Valet around, like to maybe Which, come back at some point. Yeah, although they, they did kind of wrap this up in a way where mm-hmm. basically Valet feels responsible that someone innocent died. Because as much as he's a he's yep. a bit of a murderer, he does only he's a murder. Hitman. He, he has, yeah. He has a code. yeah, he murders yeah. who he's supposed to murder. He doesn't like murdering just randoms. Right, and and the playing in with his religion from the Order of Saint Dumas, right? We know they're okay with killing, but there has to be a reason for it. You know. Yeah. Um, and so the fact that that the that Hadley died because he took a bullet for her, you know, I do like that he goes and tells Selena, "You're absolved of your sins for now, but you are Selena Kyle. It's only a matter of time, you know, it before you're like, back on my radar." All right, it's like okay, you got out of it this time because I I feel like we'll we'll call it quits essentially. But mm-hmm. he's out there still. Someone else can use him in future, yeah. which I like because he's been a very compelling villain. Yeah, yeah, he's been good. Um. Yeah, honestly, like uh, the only thing I'd say is weird about this issue uh, is that the ending, the ending doesn't feel like there's a con- continuing Catwoman book happening. It kind of feels like it's saying goodbye to the character for a while because it's like, oh, Selena's leaving, but you know, it won't be that long until she's back in Gotham. I'm like, yeah, it's not that long. It's next month. <laughs> she's, she's got an yeah. issue next month. <laughs> well, I feel like it was it was Rambi's goodbye. To yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's, this I is all the some... final narration is from the cop saying, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. She'll she'll pop up somewhere. I'm this sure, is something sure that I I felt a, f- a good number of times though when someone ends up running a book that's still continuing. It was even more heavily so when John's finished Green Lantern. Then it was like continuing the following month, but he had this big epilogue of like it, it felt like he even said some things in the epilogue. There's like okay, they're going to have to immediately put this out of continuity. This little part of it because he's just yep. rounding things oh, up. The stuff that was in the book. Yeah. Uh, so. But like, it's, it's a feeling I have sometimes where you get to these kind of things where it's like, it, like obviously Ram V wanted this to feel like a conclusion because it's the end of his run, and that's cool. Uh, but it, it just it's kind of that thing. Like I almost don't want to read the next Catwoman issue for for a bit just because it feels like yeah, this is a nice little wrap up, and I I could take a break from it now. I'm going I'm going to try it, but it just I am know. because the preview looks great. I I will say I saw the colored version now because I know I I, mm-hmm. I guess about the you know the the, the ink version. That looked fantastic. Mm-hmm. I think the, the colors are good. Just put that out there. I but... think stylistically, I think I prefer how it was before. But it, you know, it's not like it's like badly colored. It still looks good, and I'm still excited for the book. Mm-hmm. But I was okay. slightly more excited. I like the... I like the pastels and stuff though. Like it, it weirdly fits, and I can't say why, but it does. Hmm. Yeah. Uh. So this was a weird issue to read just because I, I thought it was already done. And I thought that mm-hmm. 
we weren't getting this kind of like epilogue style issue that looked back on the run, but it, it kind of did. Uh, so which was which was mostly for 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 the better, just because it, it did give a lot of little things a nice little mm-hmm. goodbye and wrap up and uh, established that Selena's Selena's sold her place and given it to the uh, the runaways or the, the, strays. the strays, yeah, mm-hmm. and. You know, she's not going to be an ally town anymore, which kind of neatly moves on for the new writer to be like, okay, you don't mm-hmm. have to like adhere to this like status quo that I I would be. Mm-hmm. I'd you be can, using. Uh, but by the time it maybe moves it back to, you know, Gotham a bit more, you know, regular Gotham as opposed to right. just being limited to alley town. Mm-hmm. If uh-huh. if the writer should want to, which they might not. But it, it was kind know, of funny actually. The, the final page, the, the the cops like, oh, maybe she'll start stealing stuff again. Maybe she'll be back with all these. Like, maybe she'll be back with Batman on the rooftops. And and I kind of love the idea that Ram V doesn't know what the next writer's going to do, so he's just right. kind of st- setting them all yeah. up. <laughs> like any yeah, one of these will do. <laughs> take, take your pick or do something else entirely. I think that is the genius part of doing this final few pages from the perspective of this cop, from the from the idea of someone who has no idea. Is it lets you just go? All of this can be true, and none of it. It doesn't matter because it's all in-universe speculation from a random character who knows nothing. Yeah, it was just, it was just a feeling, though, because like, that final page, she sort of lands in this, you know, pose, and it it just it felt like the end, but it says, next time, <laughs> Catwoman does this, and I'm like, oh, all right. That was a weird caption to get at the very end of this issue. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't think you have to sell us on the next issue, necessarily, here, for once. Arguably, it's possibly the most important issue that they have to sell, the, sell you on, because for a lot of people, they'll go, oh, run's done, time to be you know, done with this book and save money and go get something else. So this is arguably the most important time to convince people to come back for the next issue. Yes, but it's the most intrusive, so therefore I don't care. Fair enough. So if if that's your problem, read it in trade where it won't have this message. <laughs> that's a weird bit of advice to give me now. <laughs> Just say it. Oh dear. Um Yeah. It was that bad. It was good. I mean, it, it probably it lacked kind of the, the the gritty crime feeling that I probably had and liked most about the run. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with it being like the the kind of the heist to get Selena out with mm. with Clayface essentially with what it was. Even though yes, she volunteered to be there, but it was you know this this heist still of doing it to alleviate all the suspicion and, and get you know get what they needed out of it. I had a lot of fun with that. Yeah. Uh, all right, Matt, where are you giving it? I'm going to an 8. Okay. Give it an 8.5. Yeah, I guess I'm not as hot on this particular issue. I'm going to go with a 7.5 on this one. Uh, so, there you go. That's Catwoman 38. Uh, so next time, we will actually try uh, Tini Howard's first issue. Yeah. Uh, so that's cool. Uh, sticking with the Cat Lady, though. Uh, Catwoman, Lonely City, issue 2. Cliff Chang on... Well, both right and art. Uh, so this was another first impressive first issue. And on oh. this one, you could have said everything by Cliff Chang because he let us it as well. Oh, there you go. Um, but yeah, so it was a impressive oh, first issue. Cliff. It was a impressive first issue uh, last time, and uh, I, I will admit that the two months between issues did mean it took me a minute to kind of reestablish in my head exactly what was what was set up <laughs> and what we were doing. That's the same with every one of these books, though, isn't it? Yeah, but it, it, it was just like it, it took me so long to remember why she had to get in the back cave. Like, because the issue keeps talking about it, and I'm like, why did she get in the back cave again? I keep, I, I've completely forgotten why. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, it's because Batman's dying word was this, this, this word, and like it's a thing in the back. I'm surprised cave. it took you so long, relatively speaking, because I think it's like three or four pages in, 
where she has the meeting with with Barbara and you know says that you know Orpheus the word so oh, that's that's where surely it comes back by then oh yeah but they hadn't mentioned having to get in the back cave yet so like I, I didn't Fair have enough. two and two to make the four I only had, <laughs> that enough. was like two on its own and then the, the other two was brought up a lot after that point and then it's eventually the it's four panel three panels later do you just exist to be annoying yes I, I do when you're that wrong look I didn't notice and then I didn't realize, I didn't remember until quite far into the book, okay? All right. Matt, did you ever go back and read the first issue? I did not. So that's why I'm being quiet and letting you guys do this. Mm-hmm. Yes. Huh. Uh, playing a game on his phone, by the looks of it. Actually, I'm deleting pictures because, um, yeah, I'm uh, trying to make more room. <laughs> Incriminating you know. pictures, I get it. <laughs> I was about to say. No, no they're not. They're actually, it's a lot of double Christmas pictures that you just don't need to. When you hand some on your phone and they, you know, take a bunch for safety, I'm just going through the best ones. You know, incriminating photos. There. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yes. Uh, so Crocs living with Selena, sleeping on the couch. Uh, Selena's making uh, meeting with Babs and sort of planning for their their thing. Uh, but Selena goes to an old ally who helps make her costumes and stuff. Has like a, a workshop behind her clothes store, and ends up recruiting this old lady's son as part of her team. Uh, admittedly, she doesn't go there to recruit anyone. It's just that the old lady's like, hey, can you take my son? He's kind of a loser and uh, he needs some experience. <laughs> take him, yeah. please. Uh, and it sets up a running gag of people having Catwoman posters on their wall. Yes, yes. I, I think it was actually kind of hinting that maybe him and... Uh, I've forgotten her name, but <laughs> the, the the younger woman who we get, we get to later, uh, Edward's daughter. Uh, yeah. Riddler's daughter. Uh, she... Like, maybe, like, there'll be a romance between them because they both had Catwoman posters. Even though the first time it comes up, the the implication is that he gets embarrassed because when she says, oh, what poster was it? And he's like, uh, you're in the purple outfit. Because it's clearly the sexy one. Yeah. <laughs> and she just goes... I appreciate that there's just a hint of the of which cover it is in this one, and there's not on the other one because it's... Like, it's just like, you, you know which one it is by that point. Yeah. Uh, but she sort of, he gets really embarrassed. He's like, it's okay, Winston. And she kind of like, just like, like, lets him off the hook. But later on, when she, like, when the other girl mentions that she had a Catwoman poster, she's like, oh, what was it? And she's like, oh, it's the one with the red sky. And you have the goggles. And she's like, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming it's the Adam Hughes one. Yeah. But she looks over at Winston, who's like overhearing this and goes, well, that's a good pick. Choice. Yeah. <laughs> Um, which still kind of feels like she's shitting on him for having the, the, the I don't know, the, quote unquote, the sluttier one, but also... Even though, if, if I recall, it's not like that other one's not sexy as, as well. I mean, Catwoman's outfits are always at least somewhat sexy. They are, but like, Hughes tends to draw it in that way yeah. in particular. It, it, it was done as like a, in a pin-up style, if, I, if I'm thinking of the right cover. Yeah, so, so Riddler and his daughter end up kind of coming into the, the whole thing as well. Uh, and they're going to plan a heist, and... It's and this is where the book, like you know, I think the the start of the book because partly because I was finding my footing and remembering what was going on in the first issue, but also just because the 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 first chunk is some setup. But once we get to the point where they're in the apartment and they're like forming plans and the characters are interacting with each other, and they're like, okay, we have to break out of Star Labs and try and get this device that'll help us, which happens to be the Alan Scott Green Lantern ring. But of course, no one checks to see if the battery is also in there to charge it. And it turns out it's been destroyed. Yes. So it's useless, basically. Yeah. Uh, it's a trinket. Nothing more. Um, 
so they do that when it's just uh, Winston and Croc with them, and then they bring in Riddler and his daughter. Uh, and it's around here where the Two-Face stuff starts to come in. I love that later on in the issue, Two-Face's coin is in like a... Do you know like Mr. Freeze used to always have like the, the little like, dancing version of him and his wife in the, the, the jar? Like the... Mm-hmm. Right? It's, it's, the, it's that exact same sort of dome-shaped jar, but with just like a little stand with the coin <laughs> in it on his desk. Uh, I kind of dig that. And he's livid. He's livid because Barbara is like out like debating him. And, and you're just waiting for the coin to come out. Yeah. And be flipped for some reason or another. Uh... Because he tries to he tries to like throw it in Bab's face like oh, you've got a colourful pass, you know, like referring to being Batgirl. And she's like, uh yeah, tooth oh I'm sorry, I mean Harvey. Uh maybe maybe there's a better way to solve yeah. these problems. Like I used to be Batgirl, sure, and people are kind of frowning upon vigilantes now, but you used to be freaking two face. So let's not let's not split hairs over our past, shall we? Because I will win this fight. But uh yeah. So, but you can see that they also want the tech from the Batcave because they're actually using some tech from a Batmobile uh, to do stuff. It's, it's, it's like the predictive algorithm. It's, it's kind of like, almost like a Minority Report style thing. And they mentioned that Batman never really used it because he, he, he kind of saw why he shouldn't kind of thing. Uh, but they're, they're wanting to use it. And that's one of the things that they're critiquing Two-Face over in the polls and stuff is that he's kind of wanting to... like. And Barbara even says, like, you're kind of splitting the city in two, you know, get it, Two-Face, because one's the rich side where crime's eradicated, but then all the poor people and stuff that you expect to be criminals. So it's basically taking the idea of profiling and sort of elevating it to like a a science that is uh, really problematic, even more so problematic than it already is. So uh, in the sense of that early on, there's like like a, a bat cop who like, Ask to see a guy's like green card, basically. Uh, yeah, and we saw like parts of this in the society last issue with like the, the different coffee shops. Like you have yeah. the, the nice one that only takes the G band and whatever cryptocurrency they're using, and then you've got like this tiny little rundown one that she has to go to to pay cash. That's like yeah, this is all you get. Yeah, I, I love that uh, Selena's friend who makes the outfits. Like she sells a lot of superhero T-shirts and stuff. So there's like just random like t-shirts for various characters in the background. Or at one point, Winston's wearing like a Green Lantern shirt. But at one at one point, he's wearing like a was it a Doom Patrol shirt or something like that? It, it was like a it was a very different like type of character uh, or team. There was just a, a neat touch. I don't remember. I wasn't paying a, a ton of attention to what t-shirts they were wearing. I'll be honest. It was but some of them stood out. Like uh, Riddler's daughter Edie, her name is. Mm-hmm. As wearing like a Wonder Woman hoodie, which I thought was kind of cool, like the the way the design of that one was. Hmm. Um. No, it was there was just a fun running little thing that you could notice if you were paying attention to the uh the various yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah, he's got a Black Adam shirt on. That's what it was. Oh yeah, okay, I did notice that. But it's kind of stylish. It's it's, it's got it's, it almost got, looks like a brand of clothing rather than like a Black Adam shirt. Yeah. Uh. So, it was, it was, so, it was, so you almost could miss it just because it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like the lightning bolt. It wasn't the, like, what you'd expect in a Black Adam shirt. It was, like, just a sort of elegant, like, oh, this could be a designer label that says Black Adam on it. Yeah. Uh, so, that was, that was a fun little detail in there. Um, obviously, the art's very good. It's Cliff Chang. You, you kind of know exactly what to expect, especially after the last issue. Uh, you know what to expect. 
Uh, the issue builds up to a second proper heist, though, where they have to break into Ace Chemicals. Um, and this is where they got the full team on board. Um, and Selena's kind of bonding with Riddler's daughter because she's a gymnast and she's really, you know, good and stuff. And she's like jumping up to the catwalks and all the rest of it. And Selena even noticed that she's not as like she doesn't even know if she was ever as quick or as agile as what this this woman is. Like she, she like even in her prime, may not have been able to keep up with her. Uh, yeah. But you know, again, is a, a big uh, selling point. But it's a really fun sequence where they're running from guards and they're they're parachuting out like Ace Chemicals and like someone's asking like, hey, didn't the Joker get like made here? <laughs> like that wasn't this where his origin came from? Yeah, I love it when a uh, crop comes up out of the water. Or an ocean master shirt. <laughs> so it's a nice touch. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, he's transporting stuff in the water because he can swim really fast. He's yeah, he's croc. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say I wasn't necessarily in love with this book's version of Poison Ivy. I think it's. Do you know what? I get it. It's very different, but I don't hate mm. it. Because uh, they they go. She's in a different country. Uh, was it Brazil? Was it Brazil? Yeah. Uh, and she's just she basically she draws coffee beans basically out and makes a fortune from coffee beans. Um, okay, because we see the the fancy coffee shops that we're seeing. Okay. Lady Green Beans. Yeah, is that, her clearly not my favorite version of poison ivy, but I've just mixed poison ivy with coffee, and Matt is perked up. He's basically uh-huh. thinking this <laughs> this is the erotic fan fiction that I have always wanted. <laughs> Get on my brain. Uh, but yeah, so. Yeah, basically, uh, Edward's daughter is it Edie. I might say, yeah. yeah. Uh, she like asked Lita to train her, and she's like, "I'm not going to say no, but I'm not saying yes yet." Okay, <laughs> so, so they're setting up this, this sort of, you know, this friendship there, this uh, mentorship that we have, um, and I think that's my favorite thing about the book so far is this weird like heist team vibe that we're getting from all these characters interacting. You've got old man Riddler with his daughter. You got this kid Winston Croc, and they're all kind of bickering, but in a kind of a fun way, and they're they're bouncing off of each other. Uh, and Selena's kind of like acknowledging it's it's kind of weird that she has this team to rely on, and she's worried that she's the one letting them down by not being as good as she used to be. It definitely feels like at the end of the book, she will finally hang up being Catwoman and probably pass it on to Edie. Yeah, yeah. Like she'll actually choose to retire as opposed to just being told she has to when she came out of prison in the first issue she was just like you're old you're done but she spent you know trying to prove herself that she proved that she can still do it i think by the end of the book it will be her realizing that no it's okay she doesn't have to still do it yeah uh, the book ends with the uh, harvey support team saying you need like a simpler better like slogan to try and beat babs because she's beating your ass and this is when he smashes his, his glass case he pulls out the coin and says, how's it, how about this? Harvey Dent, the only choice, as his hand is covered in blood because he just smashed glass with it. So it's basically suggesting that Harvey next time is probably going to go a bit more two-faced in terms of how he acts and what he does. Yeah, and you, you knew this was coming at some point. Oh, for sure. So, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of fun stuff like we didn't even talk about. There's like a, a little flashback of a, of a heist that's, you know, where they, you know, it's it's Cowan and Batman in like the 60s outfits. Kind of, yeah, she's it's, got a lot- It's meant to be like, if not the first meeting, but like early days meeting. Yeah, she's got a little cat ears on. It's the old 60s TV show kind of looking outfit. She's stealing like a, a necklace and just kind of having fun being a jewel thief. And there's a little moment there, like actually, where she thinks she's sort of tricked, well, not necessarily tricked him, but she's seducing him. And she's like sort of thinking he's going for a kiss, but then you just hear the click and it's him taking off the necklace she stole. 
yeah. it's like yeah it's not going to be that easy batman's not going to fall from my charms quite that you know oh, yeah you know willing and able so but again it, it's nothing in terms of the the plot it's just a nice little but here's a, like a something like three or four pages just and, and in this in the span of a 50 plus page book three or four pages isn't that much and it's just this little character beat of like just you know okay this is what in this world this is what their relationship was like in the early days yeah cr- credit to, to this book and this, this goes for one dark night as well i think both of them like both 50 page books I, I i didn't feel 50 pages in either of them they both like had really good pacing and this one's a lot wordier than the other book but this one still like the dialogue flows really well that i never felt burdened by it uh you know it went in super quick yeah i think if you're just looking at the like if you actually time it it probably takes longer to read than one dark night because i think there are more words to it yeah but you don't feel it though is the, but it's, is it's the very point. snappy yeah uh oh, this, this is a great book i i you know I, I dug the first issue a lot as well this has just continued being great i think Chang is the art is just spectacular it's killing it i love love what he's doing with the colors a lot of like really bright colors even even in the darker scenes but like a lot of natural colors in the daylight yeah it's notable that the when she steals the green ring she has to escape the uh the the, the guards and the cops and whatever and the ring teleports her so the last bit of just the ring has uh, that flash of green is like the only vivid green in the entire book, so it really sticks out. Uh, you know, like well, other than the ring itself, I suppose. But in terms of like the the big splash of color that you get from it, yeah, I think you get something similar towards the end when we're in Ace Chemicals. But again, that's the idea of it's it's a very unnatural place. You know, yeah. Ace Chemicals. It's it's a very different unnatural style of of green as opposed to. Because th- there are a lot of greens in the book. I mean, obviously, like Croc, for example. Yeah, but he's very muted. He's a very muted, yeah, uh, like skin tone green, as opposed to this like almost splash of just green paint that you get yeah. from the the other effect. So, uh, really, really neat stuff and how how it's it's using that. So, uh, no, really, really good. Like you know, like I say, like the two month break between issues hurts hurt 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 it a little bit in the sense that I had to sort of adjust and get back into it again. But once I was into it, once I was halfway through the issue, I was like, just into it again, and I was just like flying through it, uh, yeah. and enjoying and enjoying a lot of new characters as well, on top of like just fun interpretations of older characters, which is a really nice pivot or spin on things too. So, uh, cool. Uh, what are you giving it, Connor? I'm giving it an eight point five. I'm digging it. Um, yeah, I think I'm happy to also give it the eight point five. There you go. Uh, Catwoman Lonely City issue two. Supergirl, Women of Tomorrow issue six. Tom King writing with Billquist Evely on art. And dare I say, the best issue of this so far. I are you only saying that because of Comet Super Horse? Well, if I, if maybe I would have heard one of those opinions and agreed with one of them, I, I don't know. Uh, one at a time, please. Go, Connor. Yeah, I think we, we both paused, thinking the other one would go, and then uh-huh. neither did, so we both jumped in. Uh, no, I, 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 I disagree pretty strongly. I, I, I will say, I agree with Matt's point when he brought up, because I, I heard that, obviously. Yeah, so I said it's only because of Comet the Super Horse you feel that way, Pete. I, 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 I do dig Comet the Super Horse. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, um, it's not, it's not I, I liked it. I don't think this was the best, but this was a really solid issue. Uh, the art, I feel like this is Evely's one of her strongest. I found know. myself towards the back of the issue being like oh this art is gorgeous you know i'm just i was just i was barely even reading it anymore i was like barely taking in because i was kind of checked out of a lot of the issue by that point 
This is just a week of Connor being wrong. Like, this is, this is... <laughs> so, I like here how, how Kane takes time to re... That's what I'm looking for. To, uh, to reinterpret Kara's origins mm-hmm. in from Argo City um, in whatever this version of, of her... You know, maybe the reason why she's a little bit surlier, right? Because um, we get a lot of the backstory of Krypton. I mean, this definitely and- added a bit of darkness to it because, like, obviously, yeah. we we always say the difference between Kara and Superman in terms of like the the, mm-hmm. the escaping Krypton is that he doesn't remember it, so it's all just something right. he learns later. She actually did live there. She was there till an age where she mm-hmm. can remember it and understand it and right. misses what it looked like. And there was a focus on this of the the tree mm-hmm. with the the blue and the red leaves, which obviously is right. Superman colors, but it's just which is a nice little touch. And I right. love that it didn't show you it though. It's like I think if it showed you it, like mm-hmm. explicitly, um, I look at Connor. I got you checked to try and prove me wrong. I literally have not checked a thing. I don't. It looks like you are. I'll, I'll be honest. I, I, I was barely paying attention. I can to see you. your eyes. Anyway, uh, like I think if you if you show that explicitly, it feels less special. But because you just hear about it, mm-hmm. and we don't get to see it because like it's gone, right? We don't get to right. see it because it's already gone. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that's a super nice touch. But yeah, it, it does this thing where. It's like, okay, Krypton explodes, but Argo City survives for a little bit. And Kara's in Argo City with her parents. Her mother dies almost instantly, though. She's, you know, she's sick for a little bit, and then she's dead. And then it's like, as they're drifting closer to a yellow sun, the, 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 the just the land, the rock, is starting to turn into kryptonite. And it's... Well, that, that's what killed her mom, right? When she was starting to get sicker. Uh, Did if, I misunderstand? Let me... So I, I thought I thought it was she was getting sicker from the radiation. Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. But she was one of the first, though. If it was that, yeah, she, yeah. she was early no, on. No, she was, and that's why Zor Zor yeah. realized that it was the radiation coming from the rock. And so they have to, you know, she has to to hammer these things into the earth that'll counteract the radiation. Yeah, lead. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but it's just it gives it this grilling like, okay, she already watched the world die, and then she watched her mother die. And now she's going to slowly like realize that this little Argo City like chunk can't be saved because it's like okay, it's kind of working. She works really hard to help with this, even though she's only fourteen. Um, but ultimately, there's like a you know, there's a, there's a storm. There's, there's like a, you know, little uh, meteorite pieces that end up like damaging a lot of the city and like ruining all of their 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 technology that's like keeping this bubble like over the the you know over, mm-hmm. over the over the city so it's safe and it has atmosphere and so on and so on. And it's not until this point where Zorel finally goes, "There's hope for you, but this this place is doomed. We're all going to die of poisoning uh, within probably weeks." So here's what here's what I'm going to do. Uh, and I, I like that it points out that he kind of like didn't you know he thought Zorel was a bit of a idiot <laughs> for for building mm-hmm. a ship for his son. He did he looked down upon it. He, he thought it was a waste of time. But now, like, he's at this point where he's like, you know what, I think I'm going to try and do what he did. I'm going to make you a little ship. There's just enough material to do one. Um, so I'm going to save you. So there's this extra cruel, like, dark element to her origin he- that's presented here, which is, she, she like, because it, it, it's, it's the very first thing that the narration says, because it's the other character who's, like, you know, saying that she finally told me her story. And it's like, Krypton's death was not as slow as people think it was. Not for Kara. It was this prolonged thing where mm-hmm. there was like quakes and there was people dying. And then there was the, the long portion on Argo City where people were getting sick. And it was a slow realization that this is all gone. Like she had to accept the tree and the wildlife was gone. And then she had to accept her parents were going. 
and everything was gone. So mm-hmm. it adds a lot of weight to like her tragedy. It's like she it's yeah. not just that she had to evacuate Krypton as it was dying. It was like no no, she right. she got to see that the the, the 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 torment and the disease and like just all these elements to it. That yeah, she had to live the death of Krypton, right? It wasn't yeah. just this it exploded, now it's gone, right? It's she had to watch everyone she cared about suffer. And then now she has to live with that because she can remember. And it does add that darkness to her. And when you read her through here, why she's kind of driven so this girl doesn't have to be like her. You know, that's why yeah. she's going to fulfill her promise. It's not just about crypto being shot, right? It's about, like, this girl wants... She doesn't want her experience to become this girl's experience. Yeah, the slow yeah. realization that she's mm-hmm. lost everything. And yeah, yeah. And, right. And, the good thing about this issue is that it counterbalances this darker side to her origin story mm-hmm. with this like feat of just almost magical brilliance, which is mm-hmm. so they get to Krem and he's got another one of these orbs that can teleport her somewhere or whatever mm-hmm. and damage her. Uh, and it's like no matter women can outrun it. So she 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 has Comet and it's basically Comet racing ahead of this orb that's chasing her to the end of the universe uh, where it finally kind of but it's like so you got every so in between all these flashbacks and this backstory you get these gorgeous pages of her outrunning uh, on comet through the universe past planets through mm-hmm. you know colorful spectrums of light and all sorts of things uh, it's just a, yeah it's very pretty but it's this like feat of like her doing the impossible, which counterbalances the darkness, and it's like okay, this backstory is like what gives her the determination to do stuff like this. Um, so it's very uplifting at the same time, despite the fact that the backstory is so dark. Uh, which yeah. is why I think makes the issue really work and click and just all fit together wonderfully. Um, and you know, at the end, it's like yeah, to come back for Krem, he doesn't have another orb, and she doesn't give a shit about bows and arrows. Uh, as is pointed out. I think it was arrows mm-hmm. and swords. Arrows and swords, sorry, yes. Uh, equally ineffective. Yeah, uh, I love at the beginning, though, she goes, hello, I'm Supergirl, you're coming to the yellow hair, you shot my effing <laughs> dog. I just love the whole, like, it's very action movie. Or, is this her... Uh, uh, was, <laughs> this is, this is her John Wick. No, not John Wick, I was thinking the, the Princess Braid, the guy that keeps yeah. saying... Uh, Inigo Montoya, yeah, you my could, father, you could, to die. Yeah, that, that's the one. Yeah. He, he I, I was it. just going... Calling back to the, the the John Wick conversation in Nightwing. No, no, yeah, but like revenge for dogs. Yeah, but I just like her. She shows up, right? Like he's he's doing his bad guy thing, and she just shows up behind him. Um, and it's just a great visual. Um, but I did I do like this character with an edge. I remember when this first started, and I was like, man, I don't know if if King is exactly telling a Kara that I care about. But then when we finally get here. And we almost see that where this determination comes from and that why she has that edge and it really cinches itself together. Um, and I do think this will be a, one of those Supergirl stories that you can kind of point to that. I mean, it's not it's not all that defining, but it does do, you know, King is doing a very good job here at, at defining her character and why she is different from Superman. And it, as great as this issue was to for that origin, that last issue where she got transported to that earth mm-hmm. where, you know, Clark had only lasted, you know, a, a very minor time. And she was there for like a day and a half. It was something uh, like 45 minutes. Clark, you pussy yeah. was the, was the, yeah, was the and, line towards and the and end. Her just, and, and now you know where that <laughs> comes from. 
and why she is different from Clark. She's not just a girl version of Superman. She is her, her own unique character, and she has a little bit more grit to her. Um, yeah, I think, I, I think I really we, appreciate how the story's coming together. We all felt in that first issue that okay, it's interesting this Western style story is setting up in space, but mm-hmm. like it, it doesn't necessarily feel like it's like it wasn't the sort of Supergirl story any of us expected. And I think over the issues, it's kind of solidified what it is, and like, I mean, I know Connor's never been yeah, in love I with it, him but more as the the weird western because i think it's kind of gotten away from that as it's gone on yeah i think for yeah, most yeah, it's, people it's gotten it's better not so much too great like yeah. it was you know that now was, this is that was part of the that was large part of the appeal for me right but i do like this has become the labors of kara and we, we are seeing her do the impossible time after time and it's not even like she's one-upping herself she's just doing what she has to you know uh and it's all in service of catching creme yeah. and really? i do like that yeah, really smart thing in there. Actually, obviously, all of the art's really gorgeous, but the, yeah. the, the the page where it switches from her, like it's almost like two thousand one, where she's going through the you know the beyond Jupiter with the or colors. The color fades away. Yeah, right. And the page where the color fades away into the white. Um, do what I really like about that page is that there's clearly four panels on that page, but there's no panel lines or breaks. You know where all of them are. Yeah, you can see where they all are. I, I think that's actually really well handled. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So nice touch. Yeah, that impressed yeah. me. Yeah. And I also like how she sets up to, to when Comet shows up and she's like, you know, to the end of the universe and a little bit farther. And then that's where we see where they end up, you know, in that splash of light. And that's why, you know, there's no there's no color on those pages because that's a little bit farther. Yeah. Um, and I oh man, it's, it's really well handled. Yeah. Excellent issue. Yeah. I think for me, it's frustrating because I like all the ideas. Like just you know, telling me that backstory for Karen, you know, or expanding this backstory and doing this new version, essentially, you know, this expanded version. I do like all of those beats. It's just actually reading it. It's the the, the narration uh, is what I'm mostly not enjoying at this point of the book. So uh, even that's for me. For me, like yeah. it, it, it's this it is, it is tasting. I'm not saying it's objectively bad. Right. For me, that's what I'm not enjoying. And when that's such a major part of how this is portraying its story, it's making reading it a bit of a chore, even though I like the actual elements. You know, the art's obviously phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And I like the actual, for the, for the most part, you know, there's obviously been odd things here or there in the, in the story I haven't liked. But overall, like this issue, I like the story beats when you kind of lay them out. I just got frustrated reading them in this particular format. Hmm. I, I just can't say I agree. Like, I, I just, you know, I... I was into it. Uh, yeah, I hear what you're saying. Very much saying it's um, case. Because I was still thinking up until this issue, right, where maybe the, we're just getting a version of a, you know, a deified Kara from this girl, because she's the one telling the story. But then when you add this origin in the tragedy and, and how... This isn't I, a continuity necessarily, right? Like, I'm, they've said this is... Because it's not black label. Yeah, it's not black label around like that. So yeah, I th- but I think it's I think it's along those king lines where it's not not in canon. Yeah, in continuity, but it's it's not awesome. right up until it is. Yeah, right. I, I don't think it'd be too hard because this is the sort of thing where this version of the origin, like they might just incorporate this at some point and mm-hmm. sort of refer back to it because in the same way that like you know, Killing Joke wasn't technically canon until right. all of a sudden that's... all of it was. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how I feel about it. Yeah. There, there's nothing that that makes us not canon. Yeah. Right. But if they choose not to go with that, 
they want a little bit sanitary version of of it. I could see them coming and changing it a little bit, you know. Because obviously the, the idea of an Argo city, which is floating and still survived, is not a new right. thing. That's obviously been no, a thing and, before. No, and I but... prefer it. I prefer it to Brainiac, right? Like the whole, it gets messy where mm. Brainiac had come and taken it, and that's where we get Alora from, and you know, back pre-Flashpoint, and you know that whole thing, and and she becoming a villain. Um, but so I prefer this because this does, you know, when you get to a certain point. Kara and Clark being the only Kryptonians seems it matters more than if you have a floating, you know, Brainiac bottle city out there somewhere, you know? So, yeah. Um, but but as I was saying, back with, with the narration, I'm starting to feel like, no, she is more reliable and that the reason that it seemed like she was unreliable is because Kara keeps doing these impossible things and you keep setting it up with like, oh, well, no, this is just through the eyes of a kid that's looking for a hero. But as she keeps doing these things, you're just like, well, no, she's just telling how she remembers it. Yeah. And this and is what happened. The part of the backstory where she talks about how she was like helping put the, the mm-hmm. lead in the ground and yeah. it got to 40 hours and she was falling asleep and she like basically hurt herself to wake herself up mm-hmm. and then kept going. And it was this impossible feat. It's, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's kind of the more grounded version of what this book has been her doing is like her, pushing herself further right. if even just the last issue to her surviving that long on that planet was her saying no i'm going to push through this no matter what right. and uh, right. so but basically i mean I, I am okay and you know and canon if we if we go forward with the idea that she does have like more it's maybe stamina is not the right word than superman but like she well, she, she has the survival she has that survival mentality she could tough she can tough it out in a way that he can't when yeah. it comes to certain right. things, uh, I'm yeah, he's a cool soft, he's a soft farm boy. Yeah, <laughs> he was lifting bales of hay. She was drilling, she was drilling lead into the ground to <laughs> preserve her people. <laughs> you know, uh, so yeah, and I also like that it kind of gets away from the whole aspect that oh, she's just a teenager, right? She only has to worry about teenage stuff. It's like, well, no, she's a survivor of a you know. Oh yeah, I, I, that's brought up in the book. Is this idea that yeah. it's like, how can you call me your little girl? Like after what we've been through, I'm not a kid anymore. Right. Like anyone who's been right. through this has had to grow up. Like that's just the right. way it is. And, and I like that it plays with that. That she is super girl, not super woman, and that always gets, you know, thrown out like that. It's not. It makes her less than, and it's almost like, well, no, she's survived, and she's trying to hold on to that aspect of her. Yeah, I like that idea. Actually, the the, the choice of using girl instead of woman is that. She's trying to actually cling to a shelter that was taken from her. Is this kind right. of a sweet idea? Yeah, and I just I like that, that it goes through there, and that's kind of the subtext of it. And you know, so again, for this book that started off a little bit rougher, and it just you know these last two issues have really added to the Kara character in ways that you know I've liked all the Kara books that have come out since Rebirth. Like we've all been pretty up on them for the most part, mm-hmm. but I feel this is the first one that has like heft that is going to change how people look at the character you know going forward and i like that yeah uh, i mean i love being super obviously it's very different yeah uh but i vastly preferred that over this i would say but um I, I think it's also fair to say that this book it's only these last couple issues that feels like it's really become about and that, that, yeah i'm sure and as a whole when you look at the whole thing it'll be you can see how the whole thing's about kara but these last two issues in particular have really felt like it's pivoted into right. now it's making a statement about Kara herself. Right. And Whereas I feel like being super was as much as we love that book, 
it kind of was just an updated what if Clark, you know, what if she was the only Kryptonian kind of deal. Yeah. And, and how she was raised differently. But I feel like you can't pull too much from that when you're trying to tell a Supergirl story. Here, I feel like you can. Uh, we're here where this is going to kind of change that character going forward. You know, the next writer that writes a Kara book can can use this as a jumping off point for her. You know, because I want to see how this Kara reacts to Superman. You know, to see how she she treats him. If that's if she has that vibe that that's still my little cousin. Like, yeah, he's older than me. But, you know, I'm still supposed to be watching out for him like she did for this girl. Like, I just like that. Yeah. So, very good. Uh, Matt, what are you giving Supergirl Wound of Tomorrow issue 6? 8.5. Connor? Taking into context that the art is probably like 10 out of 10 art, I'll give it a 7. Uh, I think I'm throwing a nine at it, to be honest. There you go. Uh, super into it. Um, yeah. So, uh, but yes, Batman, Catwoman, issue nine. Tom King writing with Liam Sharp on the art. And uh, don't worry if if you thought I was too positive on the other Tom King book, uh, I'll I'll be more oh, reserved. Thank you. Oh, really. Well, I, mean, I, I, I thought it was just gonna be me. Like I'm not, like I'm not mad. And I, I mean, I enjoyed elements of this, and like it's not like a train wreck or anything. It's just not. This book has become more of a mess than I wanted it to be. Like I knew we were gonna get the three different timelines, and they're gonna cross over more. But man, Liam Sharp's art's not helping. Well, that I... was that was one of the main problems in the last issue as well. Yeah. Was, uh, yeah. Liam Sharp's not as good at differentiating between the. Uh... The timelines and it made it and two of them are like two of them are oddly similar where it's like catwoman coming to see the joker and one's with batman but i i was confusing those two timelines a couple yep. of times during this yep. issue just so i don't want to fault it on the writing because i feel like this is the exact story that we would have gotten even with claymore doing the art but i feel like <laughs> Not Claymore. Clayman. Clay, Clayman. Claymore sounds like I, I need a name. It's not like a sword. So we're going to call him Claymore. Yeah, well, that's what it was. Claymore was a was a was a sculptor back in the early two thousands. Oh, I remember okay. the Claymore statues. Thank you. Um, shoot. I also probably shouldn't be watching football while talking. But hey, here I am. Um, yeah. He he just differentiates the different timelines a little bit better just with the suits and the, I feel like this Liam Sharp art, while it's not bad, it doesn't match the tone of this book. It's very out there. It's, it's more gothic. Like it's, very... it's more gothic yeah. than I think the book was beforehand. Liam Sharp yeah. is he putting his, uh, his efforts into Starhenge, which I don't know if, you've, if any of you follow him on Twitter. He's, it's like, it's like one of these things that he's writing himself. It's one of these ideas he's had for like decades. He's yeah, basically sci-fi King Arthur and he's like got image to publish it. And that's, year. And that's fine, because again, while it's not bad, it just doesn't match what this book was with the whole, you know, Christmas Carol with Batman, Catwoman, and Joker, right? Like, I'd, I'd, pr- I'd probably say that the the future timeline with old Selina, uh, which in this issue is her going to see Penguin and asking for help yeah. to like outrun the law, but Penguin ultimately <laughs> tricks her and just as Helena shows up to like arrest her at the end. Um, but and there's some fun banter in there with Catwoman kicking him in the face and like him complaining about his nose and, and him, her fixing the nose, yeah. causing him more pain. Uh, yeah. But I think the the sharp part probably what's the best for that timeline because they are mm-hmm. meant to be older 
and it's meant to feel a bit darker and moodier versus yeah. the other ones. Uh, but the, yeah, like the but the panels, like even Batman and Catwoman are together in the mid timeline. Mm-hmm. Like Batman's got those long ears; he's looking super gothic. It's looking like a horror book, and it's not that the horrific things aren't happening. I mean, Joker is threatening to like blow up the family who's who uh, Phantasm stole the kid from that she claimed was her son. All, all I could think of is, <laughs> is there's the bomb, Connor. Like as I was reading with Tom King doing <laughs> Joker blowing something up, you see where the bomb is in the present, you know. So, yeah. you know. Yeah. I mean, there's one scene in here that I really, really liked, actually. is There's a scene in the earliest timeline where Bruce is, like, just hitting the punching bag and Alfred's holding it. Yeah. And he's debating with Alfred. He's like, hey, am I, am I messed up? And Alfred's like, well, you did dress up as a bat. He's like, no, no, no. Like, like Selena. Like, am I messed up that I'm I'm attracted and, like, kind of into her? Uh, I'm, I'm paraphrasing the dialogue here, obviously, but let's just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's very well handled. Yeah. And he's basically... You know, he kind of, like... That does some Alfred speak for a bit, but ultimately, and he he criticizes his Bruce for like doing what he does and so on and so on. But ultimately, at the end, he says, "Look, if you are in love with her, you know, I I found that in times of love, whether it's romantic or whether it's the love that a father has for a son, that you look past some of their indiscretions, you look past some of the things that you don't agree about with them." And then Bruce says, "Hey, Alfred, can I go another round? Can you hold the bag some more?" And he says, "Very well." And I, I really like this scene because he, he specifically said father for a son love, and that's ultimately what Alfred always does for Bruce. He doesn't necessarily completely agree with Batman no. or everything that Batman does, but he's always going to be there to look out for him because he loves him. Yeah. Um, well, and, and that's where we get my favorite version of Alfred, is Salsi Alfred. Of Alfred, course, yeah. Because he's always like, well, what do I know? I'm only, you know, a, a medic. But here, yeah, sew yourself up, sir. So I, yeah, I, I I love that version. Yeah, I thought that's this this scene was great. This scene was just like understanding the relationship between them. Uh super good stuff. Um And the, the future stuff's alright, like I said. Like it's it's entertaining enough. Um the, the past stuff is what I have the most problems with because we basically get a straight up demonic joker. Yeah, it's all the interactions with the Joker that I wasn't super into in this. Yeah. It's he's wearing the Santa suit, his eyes are glowing red. I just don't get why that's the direction we're there's, going with the art. Yeah, there's this thing as well where like one side of his smile has gone off his face, so it's yeah, like it's like floating it's, in the air. There's a side of his smile. It's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. So it's just uh, there's stuff on the art that you know, and like Pete said earlier, the past and the present art kind of blend together. So you you really have to look for that <laughs> messed up smile or demonic looking Joker to know what part we're at because the dialogue's not helping. Um, but yeah, it was, it was more of a mess than I wanted it to be. Cause I was liking how it was weaving in, you know, in and out of the different timelines. And yeah. yeah. Now don't be wrong. The plot development with Phantasm last issue about like the, mm-hmm. the twist with her son. I wasn't necessarily mm-hmm. in love with that plot beat, but I will say that I do think the biggest change though is the sharp part. And we've been a lot more down in these last two issues and that's yeah. been his two issues. So Clearly, mm-hmm. there was some correlation there, and I don't think it is. Com- it's just a coincidence. I do think there's a little bit to that that maybe the, the Clayman art was helping it a lot more than maybe yeah. we realized. Yeah. Well, I mean, we would still have issues with certain aspects yeah. if it's not for the art, you know. But <clears throat> but yeah, I don't know. I just feel like I'm I've reached my limit with Tom King and Batman Catwoman, and then hearing that he has another book coming with them, I'm just kind of like, all right. 
Yeah, well, um, it's, it sounds very different though, the other, because we were talking about this yeah. last week, and it sounds yeah. more like he, he said, it was you said, Connor, that he's he's kind of done with like his like exploration of the psyche of the character, and now he just wants to do a fun action story. Oh, or something the, like that. Uh, Tom King. Yeah, book. yeah, I yeah. think he was it was like a an action blockbuster heist. Yeah, is how he described. Fine by me because it's yeah. basically he's, he was saying it's not one of his prestige minis. Yeah, it's kind of the vibe I was getting from that statement. Well. Fine by me because I loved when he did Grayson with with Tim Seeley. So if we get if we get some more of that, then that's what I'm saying. I was saying that maybe I might enjoy it more because I've kind of been down on the last few. Yeah. Things, um, uh, I mean, I, I I've loved most of the things that King has done. Uh, Batman Catwoman's kind of in this weird middle ground now, though, where I like a lot of things about it, but it's definitely had some wonkier elements. It it started off strong for me just because I like the Christmas gimmick and what it's doing, you know, but. As it's gotten long, it that hasn't held as much. Yeah, and it looks like Joker killed Phantasm in this issue. Maybe I'm not sure. That's the thing with the art. Yeah. Too. Did she just pass out and he let her go because he's gonna blow up everybody? Yeah, you know, I mean he I talks know, like she's, sure. he's already killed her, but it's Joker, so you can't really necessarily trust no. him. You, you could just right. be saying that to like rail them up. Uh, yeah. So I I don't know. Like uh, definitely a little bit murkier here towards the end. Um, mm-hmm. you know I I think. Yeah, between the two Tom King books this week, like I love Supergirl, and then this was like kind yeah. of in the middle league there. somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Uh. So. All right, Matt, what are you giving it? Uh, I'm gonna give this a seven. Yeah, I'm gonna go with a six on this one. All right, six point five. <laughs> right. I, was, I was waffling, and I was like, I don't want to. Yeah, it's the holidays. Six point five. Have some convictions, Matt. I know. Then, no. you, then you give something else a seven. I'm sure this is the one you've definitely been the most negative. Yeah, on. that's why. That's why I switched yeah. it because I also remembered that. As as he said earlier, he is the one of us who gives the most sevens. Yeah, but it's not because he really believes the sevens though. It's because he just defaults to a seven when he <laughs> doesn't know what else to do. Yeah, <laughs> get out of my head. All right, that was Batman Catwoman issue nine. Uh, and then last up this week, uh, Refrigerator Full of Heads, issue three, which I have to confess, uh, I, I this one was a casualty in the the the, the you know the day of reading books uh, to for recording. Are you, are you blaming Christmas revelry? Uh, I'm blaming Christmas and Matt giving me eighteen hours notice. <laughs> That's the two things I'm blaming. <laughs> it was literally okay. about eighteen hours, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah it was. <laughs> I just don't know what I was doing today because I I, you know, I had a lazy Christmas day yesterday where I did make biscuits from scratch, but you know it's not that hard with a new food processor. So uh, you know, um, got a lot to do today to catch up on doing yeah. absolutely Ma- nothing yesterday. Yeah, Ma, Ma so. said uh, he's going to use it to make biscuits, but you make biscuits in the oven with uh, bake them. Yeah. So when I mean yeah. that, uh, if you want to make biscuits from scratch, they're real good. Like you have to get the butter in there, and it's real hard to do with a, a roller, you know, but you get a food processor that makes the, the flour whisk. with the butter. Yeah. But Connor, you need them. You need a cold butter and the whisk. You're just, I ain't, I ain't trying to get one arm bigger than the other right now. You know, I, I don't know if Matt didn't realize we were cracking a joke about how biscuits are actually cookies or if he's just, I think he's just excited it. by his new present. Uh. <laughs> I am. I'm talking about fluffy, Buttermilk biscuits, not the cookie kind of biscuits. Not, not you know. We don't, we don't recognize that word here. Yeah, well, whatever you guys are, they're like breakfast rolls then. If they're you not will. like anything. Yeah. They're delicious. Like, they're, I, they're the best. I thought they, they are. I thought they may be like scones, but they're like more pastry esque, I think. No, no, no. You're, you're 
perfect that they're like scones because my scones are just sweet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Excuse me. You have them with gravy. Though. You wouldn't have a scone with gravy. Yeah. No. These are savory. These are these are buttery. And uh, yeah, I just I made biscuits yeah. from scratch yesterday just Don't to test it all out. Fruit in butter and jam and cream. You, you, you could put you could put all that on a regular biscuit, you know. But you know, I, I do Don't it with gravy. So no. But I will say, a Hawaiian coffee shop I go to every Sunday does a white chocolate ube scone, and it's like my favorite thing. So. I'm sure if he did it savory, it would just taste like a biscuit. You know? I'm just laughing because uh, D- David said that Matt is nine times out of ten the one who causes tangents that he wants to edit out for the individual segments. <laughs> so, like halfway through this biscuit debate, I'm just thinking of David yeah. sitting editing. Yeah. No, 100%. <laughs> so, but I'm also killing time to see if the Rams are going to score a touchdown right here. So then I can talk about refrigerated full of eggs. <laughs> I was say, if you wanted to be really kind to David, you could just reintroduce the book for him right now. He hasn't started talking about yeah, it. Yeah, it's on a timeout uh, commercials. So. Yes, uh, I could reintroduce the book right now. That is correct. Matt, Connor, get going. did you read this? <laughs> Hold on. Hey, did Connor read this or my solo? I haven't read the first issue, let alone okay. issue. Yeah, he didn't read that. Okay. I, I, but, but, you know, I, I do want to read it. Uh, I, I will try and remember to read this and then when issue four comes out. Well, read. this is... So this, this issue is where everything starts to come together. Um, it, it opens with the guy whose head got cut off and he escaped into the woods. He rolled down the hill. And yes, it's been hel- his couple hel- days. Hilarious scene, for, for just by the way. Yes. <laughs> well, you mentioned so, it. I you are going to make his, a hill well, house This has been him surviving through the woods as he's trying to roll, right? And he's he's praying to a god. And as he does, a deer shows up. And the deer <laughs> manages to pick up his uh, his head through his earrings. So remember, he was a biker with all the piercings. And, and basically carries him out of the woods. Um and the new sheriff visits the the two main characters, notices that the truck uh, looks like it's had some damage. So he asks if he's hit a deer and if he knows anything about the, you know, the bikers, motorcycles that were laying off the side of the road down the street from where he's staying. Um, and the missed, um, I mean, the main lady um, comes out and at, tells the sheriff that they're with the Department of Defense and they're they're investigating the corrupt police department that's there and that they know that um, they know who this guy is, that he used to be a biker, that he worked for Clausen and he knows more. So as he starts fighting the two agents, um, he's got the guy on on the ropes, the uh, the main character. And the the girl comes up from behind him and lops off his head. Uh, so they have another to add to the refrigerator. Uh, and then the bikers get get word uh, that they have June. They bring her in, and say that, "Hey, we know what you did last year. Um, that we find out that took place in September. And so now this is the next summer. So it's been about nine, ten months since uh, since she was out there. And they, this is where you find out why they want all these weapons, and that each of the weapons are were uh, purportedly forged by the gods. So you have the sword of Hugin and Munin, which are you know uh, Odin's ravens. It when it stabs you, it all of your memories and your knowledge until you die go to the person holding the sword. Then you have the Fenrir dagger, which we saw in the first issue, that when it stabs you, it binds you and you can't move. 
Uh, and then there's the belt of Yorgamonder, which is the Midgard Serpent. They don't exactly describe what that does, um, so I'm sure we'll see it. And then, of course, the first one that was forged and the Axe of Yggdrasil, that if a person wields all four, they basically become a, a walking, you know, an earthbound god. And um, they know that June had it. And as as she's, you know, keep claiming she doesn't know what's going on, the, the main biker girl says that she's going to stab her and just get the memories through the human immune and sword. And as she's, you know, getting ready to, to run her through the head, the, the biker's bringing the head of the guy that got picked up by the deer at the beginning. And he goes, oh, you'll never believe that guy that we chased down. You know, they have the ax. That's why I'm this way. And, you know, she gets the bikers together and they go to head for what looks like a, a standoff at the, the boathouse where the, you know, the shark head and the refrigerator full of heads is. Um, this is just perfect. Like, we've talked how this is a kind of, like, it's not a perfect sequel, but it's in that way that 80 sequels tend to be a little bit different than the, you know, mm. original movie. If this were a movie. It's like, like, the first uh, one is a very... It's, it's like, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think. So obviously the first one was very Jaws inspired. There was a lot of Jaws references, yeah. a lot of Jaws, like homages and stuff. This is kind of like, you take that and you mix it with some Evil Dead style humor. Yeah. Yeah. And you get We're almost this. Evil Dead in that way, right? Where you go from Evil Dead to Army of Darkness, where they're the same vibe, well, but different tone. Right? Like... Okay. Um, and because here you're still getting head flopped off, but it's not this gritty crime. Is everything's kind of up front? It's more. It definitely leans more into the B movie plot of things, to where now we're gonna have these bikers standing off with the. And all I could think of was Friday the Thirteenth. Was it part two with the bikers? No, um, three. That's three. Three, three with the bikers, and you know them ending up. You know it's not gonna end up well for them uh, at this house, and I hope it involves the shark head. That's in the, the boathouse, <laughs> you know, like, um, but, but yeah, it's really building on that mythology and, you know, what, what Hill did. So this, this new writer, really having a lot of fun. And it, it, one of the highlights of my week was when we saw that, that rolling head going through the forest, trying to get back to survival and, and, and yeah, so, um, highly recommend for Dreadful Head. So catch up on it, Pete. Um, it's a whole lot of fun. Uh, and I'm gonna give it eight point five. Well, yeah, nice. I, you know, I, I dug uh, like that stuff with the rolling head last issue yeah. was breaking me. So like, I, I'm totally done. It was just, it was just easily the one that was the mm-hmm. at the bottom end of the priority in terms of like either important books or big prestige books or I, whatever else we had this week. To be honest, with all the Christmas festivities, I forgot I had it until I went to move some other comics and it was sitting underneath. And I was like, oh yeah, I have to read this. Uh, so I read it this morning <laughs> right before. I started watching wrestling from last night. That's cool. So, That's cool. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that is the part of the show where we pick our favorite stuff of the week. Favorite panel slash moment, favorite cover, uh, favorite art, and of course, top five books. So we will start things off with Matt with his panel slash moment. What you got? So, it, so it's going as much as I could take something from Nightwing because that's just a... a <laughs> the whole thing's technically one panel, so... I mean. Yeah, like, I, what do I pick? It, it's near impossible. I'm going to go from um, Supergirl and it, it's when she gets um, to the other side and everything goes black and white uh, mm. and she just pops the orb. It's just a 
her doing the impossible yet again, um, and this time on a horse. And 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 it's good that Scott Snyder didn't write this because uh, Comet would have ended up well. Punched. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Kyra, what's yours? So, on the last Tom Taylor book that we covered on this show, I think that was uh, Superman, Son of Kal-El. That's right. I got my panel from uh, the uh, Call of the Polar Bear Gale. I have a sequel yes. to that. Uh, it's from my <laughs> wing. Uh, I don't know if either of you two actually caught this. I saw it on Twitter. I didn't notice it when I was reading that. Oh, I did. I, did. Uh, I forgot to mention when we were reading. There's uh, a couple of little posters in the background. That is, uh, I'm definitely not a bear. The, uh, <laughs> the Gale Simone Blood Feud show. Yeah, so I'm going with that. Uh, this okay. Is, does it just say G Simone? I think I think it abbreviates it. Does, it says yeah. the G Simone for future. Well, I'm, 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 I don't know. I think she would sue DC or him anyway. But like, I think just. <laughs> I, I think that. What if she did yeah. that? It's 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 friendly banter. Let's, yes. let's be real. Oh, it is no, but I, I think. In fact, just... I think she started the feud because she wanted a feud. It said no, but it sounds like something. If he just put Gil Simone, the legal team at DC would say, just to be safe, just Maybe, you know, yeah. put the initial but in either, either instead. Way, the, the G Simone. Uh, I'm yeah. sure that makes such a difference. That, uh, it could be Gary Simone. I, I, I will share to you a story of someone who got fired at work for putting C star star T in a card. <laughs> and then <laughs> tried to claim, it does not. It, that was exactly his argument. <laughs> it says can't. And they went, why did? Why would it say that? And they went, it was a private joke. And they, and they went, well, we don't know about that. And he goes, well, you wouldn't. It's a private joke. <laughs> this was a manager who wrote this. Oh, wonderful! Uh, so my, I actually have a tough time here because I had like three or four books this week that I thought were pretty top tier, um, to exceptional. Uh, Nightwing has a lot of great moments. One Dark Knight has a lot of great moments. Lonely City, Supergirl. Like I have a I have a tough time picking here. Um. I think if I, I'm going to have to pick one, but you do. That's the rules. Yeah, yeah. That's, the, that's kind of the point of the the, the, the segment. I, I I'm aware of this. I invented the segment. You sniveling little shit. Well then, I'm just insulting you to install to stall for time. To, just uh, yeah, I, I know. Uh, so, um, I think I'll. Okay, I'm going to go with the segment in Nightwing where, like, it's, it's when the van turns and goes onto the highway and across the bridge. And it's just, I mean, really, it's where the turn itself happens. Matt's team just scored, apparently. No, no, they just caused a fumble and they almost got it. So, okay. sorry, keep going. Uh, right, so it's, it's when the van turns. There was just something about the perspective where it felt like when I turned the page to like the next one and it was like going across the bridge, but it was further away. I really felt the distance like happen. Um, there was a, a, just an impressive scale there. Uh, I was tempted to really go with something from One Dark Knight because a lot of things on that I really liked, but uh, I'll, I'll pick that. Um, so cool. Uh, all right, cover of the week. Uh, I do. I am ready here for this one. Um, main Nightwing covers great. Uh, pretty much all the Lonely City covers are, are pretty good. Uh, I have to go with the main One Dark Knight cover though. Uh, it's just good cover. you know, really dark and moody jock. There's, there's a lot of good covers this yeah. this week. Let's be fair. Like you say, the One Dark Knight, Lonely City, uh, Nightwing, Supergirl, all pretty good covers. Catwoman variant. The Jane Frizen one. There's two variants. Oh, sorry. Do you mean the yep. regular Catwoman, not Catwoman Lonely Night or Lonely yep. City? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Regular Catwoman. Uh, I'll probably just go with the regular 
Catwoman Lonely City. But I mean, a lot of good covers. So, mm. Matt? Uh, Supergirl Woman Tomorrow variant. I really like how that looks. Um, and I also, the, that's, that's going to be the winner, but shouts to the Just League Incarnate as a Super Demon one that looks, think it's Fornus. Yeah. It is, yeah. That looks fantastic. So, all right, cool. Uh, Art of the Week, Connor. Oh, damn it. This is, I have five spectacular artists. This would like, it, I, I'm literally choosing between Jock, Chang, Wingard, Redondo, and Evelyn. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. On, on any week, any of those could win Best Artist. It's very unfair. Um, I'll narrow it down to either Chang or Evely. Yeah, but you got to pick one, though, Connor. I know, That's the rules. I know that is the rules. I'll, I'll give it to, I'll give it to Chang. I think the the colours just just to, just edge it out a bit for that for me. Matt. So, um, as much as I want to give it to Evely, because we all know uh, how I feel about Evely's art, mm-hmm. it really is a, a feat for Redondo to do a whole panel. Over those pages, so I gotta give it to Redondo. Yeah, I, again, tough. It's, it's a tough time for me between Redondo and Jock. Those are the ones that speak to me more than anything. And like the Jock art is incredible. The entire book looks gorgeous. There's so much great stuff played with light and pacing. But I think I still have to go with Redondo just because of the the sheer feeling of going through that mm-hmm. issue and how distinct it felt as I was doing it. Uh, I I, I kind of have to give that the props. Uh, but that, that's, that's what it is. Uh, all right. Uh, top five, Matt. Has so uh, number one, I'm gonna go Supergirl. One tomorrow. Two, Nightwing. Three, Catwoman. Four, Justice League Incarnate, and five, Batman Catwoman. Cool, Connor. So Nightwing, Catwoman, Lonely City, Catwoman. It's a toss-up between One Dark Night and One of Tomorrow. Uh, it could go. They're, they're both so equal to me that either or in, in four or five. Choose your own adventure, audience. If I ever give you a Christmas card with the C word in it, don't worry, I won't star out the layers. Um, I have to make a, a dead note. I have a refrigerator full of heads, so <laughs> I'm going to throw that in at, at four after Catwoman. And then knock uh, Batman Catwoman out. So. Okay. <laughs> there, there you go. go. Uh, my number one is... Uh, probably just best smidge, but Nightwing probably takes it. Uh, one Dark Knight is number two. Number three is Supergirl, Women of Tomorrow. Number four is Catwoman, Lonely City. And then number five... I'm just seeing what I've got left here. Pick properly. Uh, number five, uh, I will go with Just Sleep Incarnate. So there you go. Uh, a good week though. I I, I really liked like a good like four of those books were all eight point five and up for me. So I, I had a good week of comics. Uh, so happy days. Uh, I will now tell you what's coming next week from DC Comics. Uh, if this was the Christmas edition, uh, next year's a New Year's edition. So I look forward to Detective Comics one thousand and forty six, which has still got a Fear State banner on it. We're not quite Fear State aftermath. To be yeah. fair, yeah, it does say aftermath. Oh, that's fair, but I, the point I'm making though is not so much that it's still Fear State; it's that we're not at the ten part. Uh, no, we're saving that for January. Yeah. Yep. Uh, 
because uh, this is this, these books are coming out on the 28th of December. This is not January books. It'll be January by the time you hear us talk yeah. about them. But... Despite you just telling them it'll be their, their New Year's comics, this the, the books for the, the for the publishing are still December's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Detective Comics 1046, The Flash 777, Action Comics 1038, Justice League 70, I'm sure Matt's looking forward to it, uh, Robin issue 9, DC vs. Vampires issue 3, Harley Quinn 10, Human Target issue 3, Teen Titans Academy issue 10, Task Force Z issue 3, Deathstroke Inc. issue 4, Swamp Thing Green Hell issue 1, uh, is that Lemire? Mm. It is. That's the one here in Mancuan. Okay, I'm excited for that. Uh, Superman 78, issue 5. Aquaman, The Becoming, issue 4. And Aquaman, Green Arrow, Deep Target, issue 3. So, healthy enough week next week as well. Some really exciting books coming out. Action Comics, uh, Human Target, and uh, the new Swamp Thing, probably the ones sticking out at the most. Oh, and Vampire. DCP versus Vampire has been a lot of fun. So, good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, that's what's coming next week. Um... Uh, the, the show, I don't know if the show will be late again next week. Matt, do, do we know if we can record on New Year's or are we pushing a day or two um, again? We're not being on New Year's. I'm going to say yes. If I have to change it, I'll let you know. I yeah. think we could just do a, a regular. So I don't think. I, mean, I, I don't yeah. care for the card on New Year's Day. Yeah, I don't I don't think I have anything on. It's a Saturday, so, yeah. you know. Is it New Year's Day or New Year's Eve? New Year's Day. New Year's Day. Okay. I mean, I imagine I'll be fine. Yeah. Okay. So you so, record drunk all the time. Fine. <laughs> Look, just because I had one drink while doing this episode does not mean I record. He's drunk, drunk right now. Yeah. God, Connor. <laughs> one drink. Did you hear what he, he said? Was tell us he, that there was no dog. He was just, you know, hung over and fell into yeah. the gutter. Yeah. And that's how he broke his arm. The, the more we unravel that story, the more it falls apart, and it's leading to that. It's leading to I was drunk on my way to work, and I stumbled onto the road and broke my arm. <laughs> I was more still drunk than I was hungover, but I still... If I was sober, my arm would not have been broken. Yes. Uh, I have left. not done that at this job. <laughs> um, yet. 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 Uh, so, yes. Uh, so, should, so, so, hopefully then, unless things change, uh, regular time and day for uh, the comics podcast next week. Um, now the annual episode, uh, like like we said before, will be sometime after next week's episode. Hopefully, it's in that week between next episode and the, the episode after. If it takes a little bit longer for us to find a time to fit it in, then they'll bear with us. But the annual episode will be coming sometime in January, uh, probably earlier rather than later in January. But uh, look forward uh, to that as a as a bonus. Uh, but hopefully you've enjoyed uh, our discussions for this week. So we'll take this time to thank our Patreon producers for the month. So thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Short, Bordnow, Christopher Moy, and David Brown. Uh, you can, of course, support us over at patreon.com slash TV for as little as $1 per month and get some bonuses for your trouble. At the $5 tier, you get to get the episode uh, a day early. You get uh, the, the later, well, usually it's a Saturday night, obviously not this week, but uh, you get it as soon as it's out of the oven uh a day before everyone else gets it so uh if you're interested in that and helping Next people week, contact you coming, can listen to us on new year's eve on new year's day the first thing you do yes new year's day we're not going back in new time year's day. yeah this is like they boost your goal all of a sudden <laughs> <laughs> do you know what it is it's the fact that we're recording this a day later than normal it's completely throwing off my week's projection <laughs> it's okay it's okay connor so yeah. yes we look forward to the episode stuff uh, obviously you can support us for, for free by simply hitting like, subscribe, dinging the bell for notifications all that stuff on YouTube does help out a lot uh, so go and have a look um, 
So yeah, do that. Uh, you can also rate us five stars and give us a review on iTunes or whatever podcast app you use. All that helps too. Uh, and get us on Twitter at DC Comics Podcast and use that to share us out to other people and help spread the word uh, throughout this universe and the rest of them in the multiverse. I don't know what number of Earth we're on here in the real world. Six, seven, two. What? <laughs> Six, seven, two. Well, everyone knew that. Did you just pull it out no. your ass or is there a significance yes. to the number 672? No, it's the first number that came to mind. We're not, we're not a number, we're Earth Prime. Uh, yes, technically, according to DC continuity, yes, we're, we're Earth Prime. That's we are, true. but I just wanted to pull a random number out and just... <sighs> I bet Earth 69 is a good fun one. I bet that's a fun one. I was going to say that, but I always make the nice joke and I didn't want to be a self-parody for once. So... <laughs> But that's a great, great uh, place to be in the multiverse. Um, <laughs> so... Don't know which way's up. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I know. It's, 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 like, a, it's like a playing card, Matt. It's like uh, both ways are right. <laughs> oh dear okay so that's how have... is that the final thing they're gonna hear from us this year <laughs> episode 285's in the can um we, we'll be back with your first episode of 2022 uh next week uh, and of course we are going to be hitting episode 300 uh in the not too distant future so i'm sure we'll we'll do something for that but uh uh yes thank you very much for joining us it's another year in the books and you know we 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 dive into another year as we're into i guess year two of infinite frontier but it doesn't feel like we're still calling it that it just kind of feels like that that was where we flipped flipped over into the new era but i don't know if we're actually referring to the era as the infinite I mean, frontier not, era are they still putting that on the covers of books i don't no. think so no 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 they're not because they were for a few months not for long it was just for that first initial like arc basically mm. everything yeah so yeah thank you once again for watching and listening we also appreciate it hopefully you had a nice christmas and you have a nice new year uh but uh yes so join us once again next time keep reading dc comics and remember to never get lost in the speed force 69 dudes